Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, the longest-running podcast in Utica, by the way. Episode 236, and it, guys, it is the last podcast of the decade. I can't believe it. We're almost five years in since 2015, the last pod of 2019, unless you don't think the decade ends till 2020. Uh, Kevin's here this week. Uh, for the first half, we're going to break down a lot of stuff. Best memes of the decade. Uh, Jay Schnitt is here with a new track by Jay Schnitt and the Colluders, so really excited for that. And then Heather and Justin are here as we break down feuds of the 2010s and the worst stuff on the internet in 2019. All that and more, folks. By the next time we hear you, it will be 2020. Oh, yeah. Episode with a new studio microphone. Look how cool it is. Indeed, it's uh, yeah, it's super cool. It's super cool. I wonder if it sounds any different. You know, what would be hilarious is if it sounded worse. <laughs> yeah, listeners, go ahead and check out. Tell me if this sounds worse. The brand new microphone. It is the newer version of the microphone I had. I mean, not to be fair, not that we're really controlling for variables here. <laughs> well, no, the di- it's funny you say that. The difference with this microphone and the one we used to have, used to use the the white one. Yeah. Uh, the white one has one setting. That's it. Ooh. On. This one, much like my portable microphone, has the three levels mm. of recording. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sensitivity? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, you know, it might take a week or a week or so for me to figure out what's what once I get a look at, uh, at how everything sounds. Uh, cheers, by the way. Uh, the last podcast of the decade Indeed. for us. I can't Indeed. believe we've gotten this far. Uh, June 29th. 2015 was our very first official episode of the show. We've been here for almost five years now. Do you put any stock into the notion that it's not actually the end of the decade and the decade doesn't end until next year? Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. You this put is... any stock into that? Because, like, technically... This is why I bring you on. The, this is why I bring you on the show. <laughs> because there's a CNN article I read this morning I've seen a million times. Is this the start of the new decade or are we a year away from the start mm. of the... I stand... I tend to think that if you are going from zero... And if you were around for year zero, you, you missed it. Decade, it's it's. I think this is the new decade. This uh-huh. feels right to me. Sure. Twenty twenty one doesn't feel like the start of something new. It feels like we're a year into something. You know why? I'm thinking about it from like election cycles. And I know that election doesn't really happen until twenty twenty at the end of the year. But it feels like I don't know. I always think well, about so those let round me, numbers. So let me ask you a question. Then right now, are we in the twentieth century or the twenty first century? Twenty first century. I don't, I don't but know. it's only 2020, <laughs> you know what no, I mean? I know, like, I know. It's the same I principle. Uh, Colloquially, mean, and what feels right is 2020s. We're going to call it the 20s, you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to call it, they actually will be gone. They're going to call it the 20s. Do you remember? And by they, I mean the, like, invertebrates that are left. Do you remember the the, the brief? <laughs> uh, Kevin's here, by the way. No. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, oh, do you remember? Is that like me? Is that my thing? No, 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 I'm just saying we didn't introduce anybody. We're already deep into... By anybody, we mean just you and me. Uh, Yeah, it's just you and me for now. Heather will be here later. I gotta go. Yeah, you got practice tonight. Um, Real music-heavy show, actually, today with uh, Jay Schmidt of Jay Schmidt... uh, Jay Jay Schmidt. Jay Schmidt 
with his new project, Jay Schnitt and the Colliders, came in to talk to us today. Cool to hear him playing with a full band. I was excited to hear uh, some really? of that record, and it's yeah. pretty cool. I'd be interested to check out uh, his band. Yeah, yeah, they're really cool. Check out their Bandcamp page. Uh, we have a track from the new album called Patriot that we'll play after the interview. So if you uh, stick around after the interview, you'll hear a track from Jay Schnitt. Uh, Kev. Yo. Yeah, so last part of the decade, um, I was... Uh, I had heard, and I won't name any names because why would I? I've been told that somebody recently, some organization recently won an award for like best new local business. And while they were out there, they were going off on some tangent about how they're the longest running podcast in Utica. To which I say, that is incorrect. Who said that? Uh, Let's just say it was a guy we know pretty well who already doesn't like us. Who, uh, anyway... They were claiming that they have the longest-running podcast in Utica, which is not the case. We outpaced them by two years. So, first off, mm. in case you heard that story, uh, it's incorrect. But, yeah, five years of doing this podcast. Uh, I have student teaching coming up next week. I'm mm. off of vacation. I start my new job. Six months I'll be teaching. I wonder what the future holds. I'm in no rush to, like, finish doing the show. I like doing the show. Mm. But we all know that when Aaron Higgins left the show, it was for that same reason. Because that teaching work was too much for her to do. And that's, also, no, that's not really correct at all, though. No, you don't think so? No, I don't think so. She's just, she can't, that's different. That's yeah. completely different. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so interesting stuff coming forward. I've had a couple different ideas. I'd like to maybe branch out to doing more subject-specific podcasts. Like maybe take a couple weeks and do like a specific podcast about certain things, like mm-hmm. events or whatever. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of a couple new ideas, but uh, I'm technically out of a job. So I have a lot of free time. There you go. Uh, are you? Uh, how did you enjoy your Christmas as we moved past the holiday episode last week? It was pretty good. Uh, Christmas Christmas was fine. I don't know. It's been a weird holiday season. I'm finding a lot of like stress this holiday season um, in ways that I haven't in previous holiday seasons. How so? In places I don't normally find it from. I don't know. I think it's just my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Because my own stuff, my own head. You know what I mean? I know specifically I'm having a bad day today. But ah. that might just be, you know what I mean? Could be today. today. Yeah, just one of those things. Today was a day where I couldn't get out of bed this morning. I was, like, feeling very crummy this morning. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, too, sickness is going around. I feel like every other person I talk to has got, like, a little touch of the cold, a little touch of the flu. I'm hoping since I, you know, had the flu, I think, two months ago now or so, hopefully I can miss it for a little while. But I know a lot of folks feeling under the weather right now. And it's always tough when it's, like, gray and raining, you know, especially yeah. brings me back to all those rainy Decembers of my childhood. Um, um I have to admit, I think a lot of it is not that I'm getting sick, because I'm still recovering from the John Zongrown GFOP Cookie Carl wedding from this weekend. Shout out to mm-hmm. John and Cookie. Cookie, of course, has been on the show before. You've heard her. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a great time at that wedding this weekend. But man, you know me personally. We've been friends for a long time. I, I do. do not really imbibe in drinking the way that... Not uh, anymore, no. Not anymore? Yeah. Let me tell you. Your boy. I had one of those weird things. Maybe folks who, who drink know what this is like mm-hmm. or drink more often you ever sometimes have a couple beers and you're like ah, I'm not feeling it this is, it's a little off my stomach's not feeling it it's yeah, enough yeah. I'm good yeah and then sometimes so drinking White Claws but then sometimes you start drinking like a couple glasses of whiskey and all of a sudden they're going down whiskey is different crazy whiskey, you just that was you just highlighted a huge difference right there and you said it I don't know if you noticed it mm. beer and whiskey oh yeah beer sits heavy in the stomach because it's foamy there's more of it whiskey goes down too easily yeah I, whiskey's well, a problem <laughs> It was that Jameson, Whiskey is a problem. It was that open bar, Jameson's on ice all night. I swear mm-hmm. to God, I probably must have put... Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I'm being 
hyperbolic when I say that I probably drank half a bottle by myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, I don't know, I had like seven refills. <laughs> like, that's gotta be. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I could tell that you were, I could tell the day of, because I did not go to the wedding. Um, you had a show that night, right? Yeah, yeah I had some, yeah, I had d- uh, different stuff going on, but you know, I know you guys were there. Um, I could tell when I saw, I knew that it was going to be that way, number one. I knew before going, I'm like, I remember seeing you guys on Saturday. I'm like, this poor kid's in trouble. This poor kid's going to have a long night. I knew it Saturday morning, just looking at, just, you know, reading the lay of the land. Uh, and then when I saw you and reconvened, and number one, when I came home late Saturday night for my show, because we played at the gig at Turning Stone, which was awesome, by the way. Mm. Um, as usual, though, it's always a lot of fun up there when we play, uh, which, you know, is good because we're playing there a million more freaking times <laughs> over the next, like, week. Um, but I knew, like, just looking at the house when I came home at, like, 3, 3.30 in the morning, by the time I drove back from Turning Stone, and I'm just sort of looking around, like, almost like, you know, when the detective shows up on the crime scene, piecing it together. I'm like, oh, I see. I see what's going on here. I'm seeing all sorts of stuff. Is it like an open pan, a chicken wing dip on the, you know, the coffee table, just stuff. I'm like, I know he wouldn't normally go to bed with, like, A, B, C, and D going on here in the house. And then, uh, yeah, the next morning when I saw you... And you were, like, asleep on the couch. And I'm just like, yo. And you were like, Bleh. And I'm like, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> I, you know what happens? This happens a lot to me. Even when I was younger and I was drinking more regularly, like, on the weekends sure. for the most part. I cannot stay in bed if I've had more than a couple of drinks. I get dehydrated. I wake up. i got to have a glass of water. And then I struggle to, like, go back to sleep. Yeah. So I woke up actually quite early and then was in pain. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, alcohol and hangover traditionally wakes people yeah. up very early. Um I mean, that's why I'm a proponent, and I, you know, not just whether drinking or not drinking, I could never imagine going to bed at night without a good-sized bottle of water on my Mm. bedside stand. Mm -hmm. I mean, for decades now. I couldn't, like, even just on regular nights, let alone when drinking, yeah, hydration is the key to surviving uh, having drinks. Did you... Gotta hydrate. Did you get any booze for Christmas this year? Um, no... I feel bad. I had to give... No, Heather, I don't think so. I had to give Heather's gift away to uh, someone else. Oh, yeah? Because I had to... Basically, it was a it was a reusable gift that I could give mm-hmm. to multiple people. I had to give it away at the last minute. Mm-hmm. So now I have to go buy her a new gift before she gets here. Ooh, <laughs> or I'll just do it next week, since you're not going to be here anyway. Yeah, that might be the move. We'll do it next week. That might be the move. Um, well, I mean, if she didn't come prepared last week, then, you know, we can put her <laughs> off for this week. Uh, let's see. What else? I did have some... I did have some new stuff I wanted to talk about this week with you. Uh, I guess I could start... uh, We're not going to do a spoiler thing about the new Star Wars movie that people seem to be really mad about. I did go see it last week, but I can't imagine you're ever going to see it. No, never, ever. Probably not. Um, Can I say, is it weird to be disappointed in a movie that I had no expectations for going into? Like, I had a feeling that I didn't care what this movie was going to be about, that it would just be fine. Do you not care? I don't. Because you see them all. My nephew brought me the last two. Yeah, My nephew that's likes fair. to go. That's he wants fair. to take Uncle Sam with him. That's fair. And he, the problem is, like, I can't be honest with I talked about this last week. I can't be honest with him. Like, he's like, did you like the movie? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's all I can really say to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even my brother-in-law, who went to see it, he's an older guy. He's connected to Star Wars in a way that I am not. So he's going out of his way to sort of, like, justify all the bad decisions this movie's making, mm. and I'm looking at it from just, like, a storytelling perspective. I'm like, mm, yeah. none of this makes any sense Yo, at all. it's all been schlock the whole time. <laughs> like, it's all been schlock the entire time, all the way back. <laughs> I would like somebody to come on the podcast, and I want to do an hour-long segment. If you love Star Wars, come on the podcast, and we can talk about it. You can try to make your case to me, and... 
I get some of it. I understand, especially if you were a kid yeah. around certain times. You know what I mean? If you're older than me and you were a kid when like the, the first ones are coming out, whatever. I get it, but yeah, it's always seemed really stilted. And, like it's not really very good storytelling. I guess professional wrestling is my Star Wars. Like I have a hard time defending it as anything more than what it is, but I probably hold it up to a higher standard that I should because it means mm. something to me from when I was a kid. I, I that doesn't really count though because that's not like scripted movies coming out once every couple of years or once every couple of decades before they started down and they make one every year or whatever. Yeah. Now, but like I get what you're saying. I think Star Wars more than most other franchises mm-hmm. over the last. 10 years, 15 years, especially with the Marvel thing. Star Wars is not the kind of franchise I think that should be we have to release a movie every year for three no, years in a row. No, right? No, no, yeah. Like, for Marvel, it makes sense. I think sense. that's a huge problem for them, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that seems to be the issue when you compare it to the Marvel movies, is this movie felt like it had no ending in Well, place. because with Star Wars, right? Like, Star Wars released the, the first three. Yep. You know what I mean? Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yep. Back in, like, the late 70s to, 80s, through the yeah. early 80s. And then those movies sat untouched in the cultural consciousness for 25, 30 years, whatever it was yeah. when the prequels yeah. came out, right? And so you've got so much time for those characters to saturate and become familiar in this lore to just sit untouched with all this extra stuff. And now that they're cranking them out, you can't just force people to care about new characters and new stories the same way, if only because they don't have as much time to sit on them and digest them. You know what I mean? It looked to me, honestly, like this was a movie... Like, if you look at the first three Star Wars movies, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Turn of the Jedi. Sure. Say what you will about those movies in terms of quality. George Lucas had an idea of a singular story that he was telling over three movies. There was a mm. ending point in place. He even had more places. He had places for more stories that they just didn't... Like, he's not involved in these movies anymore. These movies felt like there was no plan. Right? Like, mm. they weren't leading... When you went to The Force Awakens and you get to this last movie here, Rise of Skywalker, it doesn't seem like there was a roadmap they were following. Where mm. these Marvel movies, say what you will about them, at least you know that they're leading to something larger and that they were going to pay off what they were leading to because that's the end point of the story, the end game, if you will. Right, right. right. This movie felt like it had no end game. Well, they, and that's, well, one of the things I think there's, there's two points to be made in there. Um, number one, part of the reason that Star Wars was held up in such high regard so long ago when the first ones came out is there wasn't really any competition doing the same kind of thing they oh, were yeah. doing. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. And it's different now mm-hmm. because, like, I mean, I, you know, and to be fair, I... I'm not, like, nuts for the Marvel movies, but I certainly mm. like the Marvel movies. Um, most of them, yeah. for the, like, at least the big, yeah. like, Avengers and some of that, I enjoy them, and I definitely like them more than Star Wars. Um, but so part of that is the competition. Like, the stuff doesn't hold up quite as much in comparison, but also something that Marvel has going for it that Star Wars doesn't really, is it's got pre-existing stories. So yeah. these people who are screenwriters and scriptwriters and whatever for all these Marvel movies, the Avengers, all this stuff, they don't have to come up with stories. They just have to adapt stories from the comic books and put them in. So they don't have to write original stories. There's pre-existing lore. You know what I mean? Like Thanos and Endgame and Infinity War and all these different notions and like the Infinity Stones, the Gauntlets, all this different Mm -hmm. stuff. These stories were written decades ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like these people are forced that's to come right. up with original scripts on the fly, so that's another benefit that well, they kind of have. But that's a weird thing, too, is like the Star Wars expanded universe. If you're a real Star Wars fan, again, this yeah, is yeah. beyond my, my mm-hmm. fandom, there are novels and TV series. True. There is stuff they probably could have gone back that's and harnessed point. had they decided to do that. It does mm-hmm. not seem like that's what they wanted to do. Right. What's interesting to me about what you said about that is I don't know if you necessarily have even the nostalgia for like Marvel comics that I had. Not at all. So the fact that you just chose... I don't think I've ever read an actual comic book in my life. 
Really? Just even casually? I read. Uh, that's a lie. I purchased yeah. and read one comic book one time, um, and it was like Texas. It was like Leatherface versus Jason. Yeah, Leatherface that I bought because I was Jason. I was like in seventh grade at the mall with friends, and they were like buying comic books. I'm like, well, this is kind of cool, I guess. You know, I don't know. I, that was it. But yeah, I don't really, I don't enjoy the comic book format. There's not enough. I really appreciate the art of comic books, and I love like the visuals. But there's not enough words for me. Like as somebody who really yes. likes to read, as somebody who really likes novels, I like density in prose. Yeah. Comic books all have always felt same thing with graphic novels. They've always felt a little bit sparse to me. See, I've gotten through a couple different versions of this. You're totally right. This happens a lot where the artwork and the sequential story becomes more important than what they're saying. But also, there's a limit for how many words you're going to deal with on a comic panel, 100%. right? Like it's you. I've seen comics where it's like this is. Like five pages of dudes talking. It's like, can we find a way to make this? Smoother? Or can we just put can, it in yeah. order on a page and get rid of the pictures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I didn't. I'm not gonna like. I don't want to say that this Star Wars movie is was horrendous or yeah uh, or anything like that. I do think it's a shame that Star Wars wasted maybe the most interesting cast of actors that they on like mm. some pretty mediocre films for the mm. most part. Like these. Actors are more interesting to me than anybody who was in the prequels, like regardless of Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman, who were like phoning it in. Like this cast is really cool and young and interesting, and they seem to want to make good ideas, and then got concerned by the fan backlash culture. That's the story that we're getting a lot of this, like that mm-hmm. the fan backlash culture made this movie into a checkbox of nostalgia moments as opposed to pushing the characters. AKA, AKA, the filmmakers are cowards. Yeah, yeah, I, I think mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's the J.J. Abrams like, Yeah, if you yeah. if you overreact to, like, you know, what the fans, what the people are saying, what the loudest minority, mm-hmm. you know, giving the, all the grease to the squeaky wheel, like, either make your movie or don't, you know what I mean? Right. Because, like, these people, like, there's, it's, like, we, we talk about it literally almost weekly on this show, mm. but there's a contingent of people who are going to be upset no matter what you do. Oh, yeah. No matter what mm-hmm. they do. And if you sit there and waste your time trying to appeal to those people and appease those people, you're never going to get anywhere. Mm. You know, so you gotta let those people just roll off. That was longer than I planned to go on Star Wars. It was good. It was a good combo. Uh, Real quick, one piece of news I've been pushing off for two weeks. I don't know if we have anything more besides it's the reality. Uh, The legal age to buy tobacco in the U.S. has gone up to 21. Saw that today. Yeah. um, Yeah, fine. (laughs) I mean, like, I think I'm... I probably was more inclined to smoke cigarettes at 18 because I was doing something like... 18, I can go buy a pack of cigarettes now. By 21, I think if you if you don't know already know you want to smoke cigarettes by 21, no one's picking it up at 22, I feel like. Less people are. I mean, less people, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I feel like if you're a smoker, you know that by, like, before you're allowed to buy cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like kind of. I don't know. It's, it's different now. Um, it's it's way different. And maybe, maybe at a certain time that was the case. I mean, I just feel like with a lot of kids, I mean, all these kids now are vaping. You know what I mean? It's a whole different thing. That's true. Now, I guess this this probably accounts for vaping as well, I would imagine. This isn't just a... Does it? Uh, let me take a look here. Because if it's tobacco, there is no tobacco. If the law says it's tobacco, there's no tobacco in vape juice. Uh, the, char- uh, the change will make it illegal for anyone under 21 in the U.S. to purchase vape products, e-cigarettes, oh, and more traditional tobacco products. So it's yeah. a broader uh, ban across like any sort of like smoking device. Mm-hmm. I mean, the vaping thing is so odd to me. We've talked about it a million times. I just, I don't... I appreciated when I was younger, like, a cigarette, because I liked the visceral action of, like, watching it burn down. Right? It sounds sure. stupid. Like, the weird little new... Yeah, yeah. There's nothing very satisfying about a vape pen to me in the years I've tasted one. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't doesn't hit me in the same way that 
Sure. Smoking did when that was something I really liked to do. Sure. That's the weirdest part as I get older. Is if I have a cig- I had a cigarette when I was at this wedding. Uh-huh. I could smell my hands for the rest of the day. Mm. I was like, I was like smelling my fingers. Like this is, this. Is when terrible. you're around it, when you're around it more and more, and then you're not for a long time, mm. the the smells and stuff become a lot more noticeable. Like I remember, we are old enough to have been in bars and places when people could still smoke in bars and places. God, that's right. Um, like because I remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember going to, I remember being a kid, being yeah. like 15, 16, 17 going to Captain Trips back when Captain Trips still existed you know the music venue across from today. you know the yeah. Uptown Mountain Slice and all that stuff um, I remember going there and you know people could smoke in there and it was a rock and roll club so people were smoking like crazy in there oh, yeah. and coming home and my dad's just like what the what are you you know yeah. not even though he wasn't really on my case with it because they knew because that's just how they grew up you know what I mean mm-hmm. but like now like you notice it and you go in and back then there used to be in different bars and places people were smoking inside now I go into a place where people are smoking inside. Like, there's mm-hmm. one bar I can think of off the top of my head that's, like, grandfathered in somehow. Hmm. But I think even them, they've banned it. I think they've yeah. stopped it. But for a while, the Varick, you could smoke inside. That's right. Um, you could smoke inside at the Varick, and, you know, nobody nobody would say anything to you. You know, whatever for whatever reason, they were somehow grandfathered in. And I don't remember the specifics enough to talk about it. But I remember going in there, and it was, like, oppressive. And I'm like, this is crazy, because back then it used to be the norm. But now I walk into it, and it's just like, yeah. Well, I had a friend of mine in New York. Uh, who used to mm-hmm. live with this other guy, and the other guy used to smoke cigarettes in his room constantly, mm-hmm. which to me is like that's like the ultimate. Like I've gone too far. You've gone too far here. Yeah. If, you, if you are at the point where you're just in here, chief and cigs in your room with the doors closed. Yeah, yeah. There's, if you can't even go outside, like, mm, yeah, yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. <coughs> uh, Kev, before we. I know we've already gone 20 minutes. I didn't get to any of the stuff I wanted to do. No, get to it. It's whatever. It's New Year's. Mega episode. Uh, uh, so this was a list I found. I, we'll just go through it. I was looking for some fun end of the decade stuff. I've been sort of holding off this one for a couple weeks. Um, yeah. It was, and this should be interesting. Oh, yeah. I want to do some end of decade stuff. Yeah. you got to give it to me. This is the worst things on the internet in 2019. Mm. This was all the worst things we got this year at the end of this year on the internet. However, I can skip that if you want a more decade-based one. I'll take, I'll, I will take both. Take, I gotta save one for Heather and, and Justin later. Oh, I see. So do you want uh, the memes that define the 2010s or the worst things on the internet this year? Oh, God. Um, I do want both, so dealer's choice. Give me whichever one you want to give me. Do, save whichever one you want to save We'll do that. worst things on the internet, I feel like. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't know. I don't know if I trust Parkinson to talk about meme culture. Oh, no. He's got no idea. He's going to be a mess. All right, so yeah, he's gonna <laughs> we'll, be, we'll do it. He's been radicalized by the internet. He's going to be spewing all sorts of... All right, I'll save that for... All sorts of... All right. Dog whistling. These are some of the most famous memes of the uh, of the decade, uh, according to Vox Mag- uh, Vox website, Vox.com. So sure. I'm curious. Uh, number two, uh, from 2010, the double rainbow, which people sort of uh, relate to as the start of what's called wholesome memes. I actually don't remember much of the double rainbow, except people just say it now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about that. How about the song Friday by Rebecca Black I remember from 2011? Yeah, yeah. I read something really interesting about this. So apparently, she didn't even want to be a singer. Right. The idea was that there was a company that you could pay like $2,000 to, and they would put you in a scenario or a music video that made you seem like a celebrity. It was like a thing you could do if you wanted to like do something fun, right? Sure. And then the song became so popular that they ended up becoming a song on its own. Uh-huh. Uh, but I thought that, I never even thought about that like as a business model. Like, oh, for $2,000, we'll make it seem like you're a big celebrity. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's a weird... 
weird business model. It's weird. I feel like that's something I was thinking about as the decade draws to a close. Is I wish I was a little bit more shrewd and savvy at the beginning of the decade of realizing all the different ways you could milk paydays out of the internet. Oh my god, that's like the. I'm trying to think of what the, the hindsight is. 2020, man. It was like it's like getting in the stock market, right? I mean, like we should have got in earlier. We would have had a better yeah, chance. Kinda. Like well, I'm trying to think of what the equivalent before that, like the dot com boom, I guess, is the not even. It's yeah. just it's just different. Uh. The other one on here was Coney 2012. I don't have any jokes about that. But that was Yo, I got idea. mad jokes about that because I know so many idiots. <laughs> I know so many idiots who were just rabid about stopping Coney and they were having light up the night rallies and Robin. Listen, yeah. listen, don't get me wrong. What a lot of people like Coney and many other warlords in third world countries do is awful. Yeah. And anything that can be done to stop that should be done but it's crazy because it was always, I've always considered myself a relatively higher information person. Sure. I read a yeah. lot about the world, the world events, the way things go. Always something I've been interested in, whatever. Um, and it was all people who were much lower information who were like, yo, do you know about this guy? And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, give any kind of cursory look into <laughs> yeah. it. And like, yeah, well, here's this guy. And for one weekend, everybody was ready to go out and like hold hands in Hannah Park mm. to stop the African warlord <laughs> yeah. and buying merch packets. They're like, I bought these Coney t-shirts, stickers and bracelets. And it's like, yo, you're getting milked. That's what I mean. When it's like having the foresight to realize that yeah. you could score paydays off the internet. Yeah. yeah. That guy made a whole bunch of money off just selling Coney junk to people. Cause he had one hot video that he edited before people realized that was going to be important. Uh, the guy you're talking about was uh, Jason Russell. who was the video creator. Sure. And if you're curious, was also a couple years later, uh, found on the streets, totally naked, yelling at people by TMZ, mm-hmm. which is also an interesting. One hundred percent, because these people are crazy. It was actually it was like pretty unethical, kind of what he did. Yeah, um, but he, you know, you make money off stuff like that. It's just it's crazy. True. Yeah, I remember Coney. Uh, Two thousand thirteen, Doge, the rise of Doge, yeah. that stupid dog with very fluffy, so meme. Uh, I have a tough time with that language. Yeah, now sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, no. That's not. That's not the one that I hate. I hate the when people like doggo, like I the, all that. That's like internet Dada humor. <laughs> it's like super yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah, I yeah. thought Doge. Was Shout fun. out to the Dadaism reference. Thank pretty, you. pretty good. Pretty uh, good. I, I art game. I do think though that like the Doge thing was interesting because that's like an early example of like internet meme culture that I remember sort of being invested. Like we were laughing about Doge for a couple weeks and right. then. Even now, you can sort of make that reference, and my niece will know that I'm talking about Doge. If I was like, you know what I mean? Right. It still sort of hung on weirdly. Well, because the language itself hung on, the term like Doge and Dog, and the picture of that dog specifically yeah. kind of held on in that look, and those kind of dogs and other dogs like it. But I remember watching that wave start to swell because I think, you know, as, mm. for as much as I don't like, you know, first rule about Reddit is don't talk about Reddit. But like, I remember, I think 2012 was when I like made an account and started mm-hmm. like making it be like a regular thing. And, yeah. Checking and participating. I remember watching that wave start to crest, and it was it was just things were different back then. And you could sort of watch in real time, but they weren't quite as quick. Where like now you'll have a meme that cycles out after forty eight hours, mm-hmm. seventy two hours now. Stuff just in yeah, and out. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll see something happen in a week and be gone. Well, it's funny. I actually use like the Know Your Memes website sometimes because I'm curious to see. Like you can go look at the Google searches for when mm-hmm. like the pop off came. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, 2014 uh, was the birth of the Slenderman. Uh, I actually enjoyed Slenderman. I feel like Slenderman. That's probably when Slenderman. I say I feel like Slenderman started before that, but that's probably when Slenderman like really. Well, 2009 crested his wave. 2009 was when the guy posted the initial story 
in yeah, uh, yeah. on something awful where the website is. I'm a I'm a big fan of the creepy pastas on the internet because I like yeah. a scary story. Well, it talks a lot about how in, in the rest of this article about how it sort of opened up this idea of like internet urban horror stories, like urban legends, sort of invested in the internet. Like this, mm-hmm. you can go to Reddit and go to No Sleep, or you can go yeah, to yeah, sure. a lot of different places, and these sort of internet scary stories. It's a really interesting way to tell a horror story in the modern world. Yeah, I've looked at like there's, there's always one I go back to. It's this really stupid one, but it's it only could have existed in today's world. It's a internet video this guy made about a haunted video game cartridge and he mm. uses all like it's actually a real video the one where that uh, where, like the dog face shows yeah. up the scary dog face yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's just like that's a really interesting concept for a horror story that wouldn't have existed well it's before. wild if you go back there's some stuff like if you look up um, I think it's like Marble Hornets mm-hmm. is something Hornets. you can find yep. on YouTube yep. if you go to like a Ted's Caving page mm. it's like an old like Lyco style website you'll find like a really early one the Russian Sleep Experiment was huge I mean Candle Cove they ended up making a TV show about I think well uh, the Slenderman thing actually is interesting because it's gone back to a lot like there's a TV show about Slenderman there's a movie there's an actual yeah, murder yeah, yeah. that took place based mm-hmm. on people believing Slenderman was real for sure that was a really late horror movie <laughs> like way too late for it to be relevant anymore in 2018 yeah. well that was also it was crazy uh, you know back then before the internet got as centralized mm-hmm. um, as it is now at the beginning of the decade you would find stuff in like weirder places and weirder websites that gave it a little bit more of an air of credibility yeah as opposed to like now if you find something like oh somebody shared this on a social platform or yeah this was on Reddit or something like that. It's like, okay, well, this obviously has no validity. This isn't real. But when you find something that's like late at night and it's on a weird page that looks kind of off, yeah. not that you ever actually believe any of it, really, like, you know, mm. in real life, but stuff just sort of hits a little bit harder when it's presented in that format. Move through a couple of these. We've already taken a long time on these. 2014 was also the first time that This Is Fine, the dog surrounded by fire meme, made mm-hmm. its way, which I think is probably the... The most accurate meme of our time, right? Like, it's up there. <laughs> this is fine. It's up there. Uh, they also talk a little bit about Pepe the Frog in this same sort of article. These sort sure. of cartoon characters. Colossal. Well, Colossal. Problem, possibly, like, meme of the decade, maybe. Pepe the Frog? I've, and all of its permutations, yeah. 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 Also, 2014, uh, the word on fleek and basically... Vine slogans. Oh shit! I forgot about on fleek. on fleek. I forgot that was a thing. You know, I, I'm not going to get into the on fleek thing so much as Vine is a platform that kind of disappeared really quickly, and yet it's left a really strangely long legacy behind it. People still have yeah, this it's a progenitor platform. I mean, Vine is kind of you don't. Really, I don't think you have TikTok if you don't have Vine first. Yeah, no, that's totally true. Um, I just didn't know that we'd still be talking about Vine six years after it shut down, wherever it was. Yeah, you know we, I mean? still, we still talk about like MySpace. Yeah, but in, like, the nostalgic, like, yeah, I remember that, seems sort of... So we talk about Vine. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know what I mean? Uh, 2015, now let's move on to 2016, and this was, of course, the legendary Harambe year, the year that Harambe <laughs> took oh, over the internet. True. Um, I have actually saw a really good one that somebody put on the internet last week, which is just a picture of King Kong, and it just said, gonna tell my kids this was Harambe, <laughs> and it's like... I, Dude, I have been enjoying the gonna <laughs> tell my kids this that's, is... That's, Those are, I see a lot of good content there. Um... It is weird, though, that Harambe is, like, kind of... It's a really sad story that did get, sort of, oh, yeah, turned sure. into internet jokes, right? Well, it gave it longer, because if, if you just keep it the sad story, it doesn't have legs. Like, you read it, and you're like, oh, that's it. That's you true. You hear about it after the week, you know what I mean? And the last meme, uh, they skipped a couple years, but the last meme, the most... The final meme of 2019, one that I'm very happy that I've missed out on, but people seem to love, fucking Baby Yoda. People love... Oh, yeah, Baby Yoda's... Baby Yoda's burning, sorry. Up, the, burning up the charts right now. I don't get it. 
Like, everyone's like, he's so adorable. I'm like, it looks like a hand puppet. It's not yeah, adorable. It's, it's pretty adorable. It's got is those it? big eyes. It's like a little it baby. It doesn't do yeah, it for yeah. me, man. It's not for you. Who's it for? Because it seems like it's for people who aren't dudes in their 30s. <laughs> like, for the kids. We're not the youth. This uh, is for the kids. These are for the young kids on the internet. You know what I mean? We're not the internet. We're the old. We're the old. I'll be shocked. I wonder how the long. Bad news. I wonder how long the baby Yoda. Is not very. None of, it, so. none of it lasts. None of it lasts. I liked all the Thanos memes. They're not really floating around as much. No, nothing lasts. None of these. I mean, you don't see. Think about the stuff. Like think about back in like 2011, 2012. Think about how big like Rage Comics used to be. And like the you know all the different like the troll face and the meat goose and all that stuff was everywhere. Yeah. And now like you don't see it anywhere unless like somebody's trying to be like ironic. That's true. Yeah, there's it's weird too. Like as the kids have come up and you get into like you know the deep fried stuff and all these different things that are going on, it's passing by. Mm-hmm. The youth culture, man. I'm telling you, these kids are wild. Uh, well, good. That was the end. That was our. Uh, memes that define the decade. That was the break call. I'm glad I did that with you and not the other boys. Yeah, yeah, for crew. sure. For sure. You get some, I don't know. I just, I just talk. You're you not doing... Me. Turn on the microphone. You're not doing any New Year's resolutions or anything. I never you? do New Year's resolutions. No, no. Um, I mean, you... I, I say this. I've, th- I've probably said this years yeah. past in the podcast. This has been my, my long-held yeah. stance. Um, the New Year is a... You know, New Year's turning over is a great time for reflection to think about where you've been, where you're going, which plans are, what you want to do. But to specifically be like on this arbitrary date, like this one, New Year's Eve is a Tuesday. Yeah. So now you're just like starting midnight Tuesday. on Tuesday night. <laughs> new me, new different thing. And it's like that's not really. If you want to make a change, make a change. The you only, know what I mean? Like, the only devil's advocate I'll, I'll make for that argument is sure. there are some people who do sort of need that. Like it's got to be a thing, right? It can't just be like I'm going to stop right now. That's those it. are the you people. Understand? Those are the people who fail with it, though. Mm. They make it too big of a yeah. thing. They get the dopamine hit for. Telling everybody, this is what I'm doing, this is the change I'm making. Then they never actually do it because they've already got the feel-good feelings from telling people about their change, picking an arbitrary see, date. See, I like that, though, because when I tell people I've quit smoking cigarettes, it now puts the onus on me to actually not smoke cigarettes, right? Like, there's I, a suppo- certain, I suppose. You know so some people, yeah, it, I guess it depends on how people work because for some people it's the same thing with people like, oh, I'm going to start working out, I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to do this and that. And then, like, you, you tell people about it and then you get all... I think, I think of a friend that we have who is very much that way, where it's mm-hmm. like they will tell people, oh, I'm doing this now, I'm changing this now, I'm stopping this now, whatever it is. Then they feel good because they've said that, they're already soaking the feel good, but they don't actually have any follow through. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, with, I'm not getting into it at all without getting, you know, into it, but I've made, you know, I've made a personal change in the last couple of months oh, in yeah. my life. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, a couple months ago, and I didn't wait, had I waited for some date and been like, this is the day, this is the day I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it then, that's the plan date. It would not have worked and it would have failed. But since it just sort of came to me one day, it's like, no, we're doing it right now. There's no reason to put it off. There's no reason for excuses. Do the work and then the work will be done. You know what I mean? No reason to wait for it tomorrow, which can put off. Which is hypocritical coming from a colossal procrastinator, but it is true. It took me about a week to figure out that you would stop doing what it was we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I was saying about the time, like, do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, yeah. I'll tell you the one that I'm on right now. I've talked to you about this already. I've said it. Uh, The fast food. I was. I've been off the fast food for three weeks. That's probably good. That's probably that's probably a solid move. I do. I am probably a solid move. I'm not healthy in that way. I I already do a lot of unhealthy stuff in like my normal life. I don't work out as much as I should. I've been off the yoga for a while. I just can't keep jamming processed shit in my face because I'm tired and don't want to cook something when I get home from work. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it. Well, it's also you know as somebody who you know like you said you're coming up on this student teaching, so you got to figure out where you're going to get your money from. You got to then you're going to find a job and you're going to be in flux. It's too expensive. That stuff adds up too quickly. You know what I mean? 
like mm. going and doing the fast food. It's, just, it's cheaper to just buy food, have food, and yeah. make food. You know what I mean? I feel less. Well, you know what it is? I don't feel shitty about myself. Even if I come home and make like I mean mac and cheese, a can of soup, whatever. It's probably not healthy for me, but I don't feel as guilty afterwards when I'm like eating that hamburger. I'm like, Ugh, this yeah, is all... yeah, yeah. And but well, and the pl- like it's not even good after a while too. No. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't even taste good, and it's not that much cheaper. You know, gone are the days of like a dollar menu where you can actually get something to eat yeah. for like two bucks. There's no nutrition. It makes you feel bad. It makes you dehydrated. And, like, it's just easier. I think one of the hardest parts about switching to, like, getting home and cooking, it's not so much the, oh, when I get home, I'm tired and don't feel like cooking anything. You know what I mean? Because you're not digging ditches for 14 hours No, it's true. Yeah. But I think what it is is the best way to get into that, something I've seen. My brother and his wife are excellent with this. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both really good, especially now with the baby. It makes it even easier. But having a plan yeah. and making a plan. You go out yep. there, you're like, all right, this is what I'm going to make. This is what I'm going to have. And you start projecting out what your week looks like and then you mm. go to the grocery store then you know what it's going to be so you don't get home and be like oh well, what do i have what am i going to make what mm. am i this you're just like oh well, it's wednesday i knew i'd be home at five o'clock on wednesday so i'm going to make you know item x for dinner <sighs> all right well we've gotten about halfway through the show i guess we should get into the interview with yeah, yeah. uh with jay i guess let me ask you one question because we didn't do any sort of pop culture stuff We've gotten to the end of the year. I think I already know the answer to this. Did you have a favorite movie of the year that you saw? I was thinking about it earlier today. They're just doing a list of like the biggest box office hits of the year. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like my answer... Well, if you want to go first, I already think I know what my answer is. We saw it together. Yeah, yeah. We saw, we saw two of them together. I would go back and forth probably once upon a time yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, that's where I was at. I really movie. enjoyed The Irishman. Really? I've got to watch it a few more times. Um, I'm not going to say I didn't like it, but I do think you liked it more than I did. Yeah, probably. Uh, not that I didn't like it, but I, I didn't walk away from it being like, this is the best Scorsese movie I've ever seen. I would no, in like no, the, of course not. Of course, neither. Yeah, neither yeah. I don't think anybody. Um, yeah, that's wild. That's that's, that would be a wild take. Well, you know what's interesting about The Irishman? Mm. It's I actually have some nitpicky things about it, but for unlike sure. a couple other movies, the nitpicky things didn't ruin the movie for me. Like, it wasn't like, like I've talked about like the digital de-aging stuff and some of the things I didn't think worked. They didn't take me out of the movie to the point where I'm like, oh, this movie's bullshit, right? Like, a lot of yeah, people yeah. probably did that. They're like, nah, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. do this. Also, the three-hour thing really screwed people up. I don't, I didn't bother us, it seemed like, but... Yeah, people, no, I don't... I, I told you before, I think that's a bad take. Um, so, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was excellent. Um, I feel like whenever I do a year-end list, I don't know if you have this problem, you, when it's year... Oh, did you put Joker on your list now? Uh, yeah, Joker, Joker would be up there. I really enjoyed Joker. I thought Joker was awesome. Um, I'm glad that... I feel like I'm glad that I saw it in theaters, even though it's not the type of movie that I would normally go see in theaters. Mm, yeah. um, but it's tough because every time I try to do a year-end thing, I feel like I'm really biased towards things that I, I just, saw in the back half of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like I, don't, I probably saw an awesome movie in February, but damned if I remember if it yeah. was February, like the November before or something like that. I would have to go back through the movies that came out this year and just be like, oh yeah, I saw that one, I guess. And I would mean. also say, as somebody who doesn't necessarily always watch a lot of movies and when I do it's not like going to the movies or watching current movies yeah I'm always a couple years behind on movies I feel like my list of movies this year that I can't wait to see but haven't seen yet is a lot longer than my list of movies that I saw from this year you know what I mean normally you'll catch me like three or four years later being like oh I remember this was hot this is a hot movie when did this come out oh yeah oh four years ago okay well I guess I better watch it yeah I'm really looking forward to Big Lebowski I'm a couple years behind on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a couple right? years behind on that for uh, real alright so let's get to this week's interview with Jay Schnitt uh, Kev thanks for joining us for our first half of our last pod of the decade like, thanks for joining us like I'm here every week I'm on well, the show well I know but like oh, I appreciate uh, the thank you it's nice that's, it's mm-hmm. nice to have it's good to have uh, so Jay Schnitt and then his new track Patriot from uh, Jay Schnitt and the Colluders we're gonna play right after the interview right after the interview we're gonna go 
cool. It's nice it. to hear him. It's like Dylan going electric at the Newport Folk Festival. <laughs> it's nice. You started playing it, and at first, that first chord hit, I thought it was like Rage Against the Machine. I was, and I was like, whoa. Him, I was telling him, it's got a little... It's got a little bit of like that Neil Young vibe, where Neil Young yeah, has yeah. like that Neil Young crazy horse kind of folk thing. But then you can't just sit there and watch some dude sadly play an acoustic guitar all the time. You want a little more energy sometime for the, you know. If you wanted to play Cortez the Killer for me, though, I'm not against it. Oh, no, right. do you think we should try to be his backing band? We can talk about that afterwards. Ooh, I see. Uh, all right, Happy New Year, guys. We enjoy. Uh, I'm not going to be here for the second half. Got to go to practice, but I love y'all. Appreciate y'all listening to the show. Um, enjoy whatever comes afterwards. I won't be here. So who's better than Kev? Almost like we're back to the show in just a minute. Jay, you came in and you got me all stressed out. You broke my mic. I know. <laughs> That's all right. It usually takes me a few tries to get. A couple of tries. Let me ask you this question as we as we start here because this is a good question to ask. You're a you've been a musician for how many years now? Oh, geez, uh, about twenty now. Do you remember when how old you were when you started playing? I was I was a little older. I was like 18, 19. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, how many podcasts have you been on talking about music? <laughs> Are you a podcast guy? I wonder how many podcasts. I, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I've That's been cool. on. I've been on a couple. But well, the reason I ask, generally when people come on the show. It's either I like podcasts and I listen to yeah. podcasts, or I'm just saying yes because you seem like a nice enough guy. Please tell me what a podcast is. Right. So it's nice that you already know. Yeah. Uh, what do you listen to podcasts these days? What do you got? Uh, I listen to a lot of uh, I like a lot of the history ones, hardcore history. Dan Carlin. Dan Carlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one, one of my favorites. Uh, uh, what? Man, I got a list of like 20 of them that I kind of go <laughs> you, through. I actually a lot of the NPR shows, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You my know, dad yeah. wrote a porno. Have you? Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with that one. That's I never listened to it. Yeah. I, uh, I, it's funny, I've gotten so, I, I got so expansive, you know, because doing yeah. this, I, I started getting into all sorts of podcasts, and now I can tell that it's busy and I'm getting late in the year because the only ones I'm listening to are soccer podcasts, right. because my soccer team's doing really well. Everything oh, yes. else I'm, like, pushing to the background. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I'll come back to you, Mark. Yeah. Uh, so, Jay Schnitt, it is a pleasure to have you here. Uh, we were just talking, uh, before we had to restart the microphone, that you brought your, uh, your Martin-style guitar here you just got a year ago. Um... Did you feel like the time was right to make an investment in like a nice piece like that? Yeah, like, I, it was way overdue, way overdue. Interesting you say that because I've been um, thinking about that for years now with the stuff. That I have. Are you do? Is this something you do full time? I never really asked you. This it's uh, I do it about uh, half time. I would love to be doing it full time, but I work uh, part time. Mm, very cool. Um, at uh, uh, Hamilton College and oh, nice. some art galleries, kind of all gigs. You yeah, know, when yeah. they call me the gig economy. You're yeah, <laughs> and if I can't do it, I say I won't be around. You know, but. Uh, that's one of those things I'm sort of struggling with now because I just um, I just left my I didn't leave my job I had to leave yeah. my job because I start student teaching so I had to leave right. my current job where I'm already teaching because it's right. the same hours yeah. right so I'm like I don't even know what I'm going to do for the next I'm, I swear to God I've been thinking about like whether I could flip turning my car into like a lift car or a Uber car just <laughs> yeah. to pick up my oh, that feels like the worst that. I know it feels like a terrible idea I would never be able to do that I'm a terrible driver is not the sort of problem <laughs> not that I'm like an unsafe driver yeah uh, I only know one way to get anywhere 
Right. They, my stepdad used to call me one-way Corrigan because I only I was like, I'm just going to go to Genesee Street and figure yeah. it out from there. Oh, that's on the same way. I still get lost in you. I get lost anywhere I go. It doesn't matter. Even with a GPS. I'm... Oh, yeah. I, people laugh at me because I'll put GPS on for something that I should know. I'm like, just, oh, for I sure. don't, I'm too lazy. I don't have anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Jay, you have a new album coming out. And I want to talk a bit about that, your new album uh, with uh, Jay Schnitt and the Colliders. But before we get into some music stuff, because I have a lot of music stuff here I want to get into. Let's start with a little bit about you and where you're from. Jay, where were you where were you born originally? Raised in Utica? Yep. Mm. Well, New York Mills. New York Mills. So you went to like New York Mills? I went to New York Mills. Elementary, high school? Yep. So knowing what I know about that, because I was a proctor kid, <laughs> we were not rivals with New York Mills, but no. I know that Notre Dame and New York Mills were historic rivals. Yeah. <laughs> so was that yeah. a real thing that existed for oh, you guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had one, uh, we almost got in a, our, I was on the basketball team for one year, mm. and I remember uh, we lost by one point. And uh, we were all fired up, and our coach was like, if, they, if you see them in the hall, we're going to go after them. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, man? <laughs> it's so funny. My buddy played, uh, my buddy played was like the sixth man on the Notre Dame basketball team for many years. Mm. And um, and I remember that just being like a thing that they talked about. And like as a yeah. Proctor guy, like me and my Proctor buddies were like, what is this small school drama? Yeah, Call me when Whitesboro well, right wants the a piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was the um, – and the joke I always laugh about is I um, – Proctor had a lot of stereotypes when I would go to a party or go to an event. Mm-hmm. If I was like a new Hartford party, wait for a party, be like, oh, are you going to steal all our stuff? <laughs> to which my response right. was, I was like, well, now I am. Yeah. I wasn't planning on <laughs> yeah. it, but now that you bring it. What was like the New York Mills sort of perception that people had about like that area and that school? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not really sure. Because I've never heard I was, of one. I was yeah. highly unpopular. Really? I didn't get to, you know. Did you so not I didn't attend like... very many parties. I had a lot of friends uh, that went to other various schools. Oh, um, Were you playing music back then, too? I was playing a lot of, I played the trumpet all through high school. Okay. And that was a big part of. Well, interesting you say that, because I was going to ask. My first one was saxophone mm-hmm. when I was in uh, elementary school. And I, I, how much of that carried over for you? Because I feel like a lot of the stuff I get, I, I still associate myself as a musician, even though I've been doing this specifically yeah. for five years now. But, uh you know, music was something that, like, once I knew I liked it initially, it sort of opened up a lot of doors. And plus counting, just the general idea of, like, keys, you know, like, how much of that do you still think about on a day-to-day basis? Uh, I mean, I think it carries over enormously, yeah, especially, yeah. you know, uh, my band leader was uh, an awesome teacher. Mm. Um, and so I was doing a lot of, I was really into jazz and, like, yeah, I did jazz you know, and learning how to improv <laughs> and solo. And I started writing, I always knew I wanted to write, and I was a big writer as well. How supportive was your family about this with you? Because my, my mom was always kind of up and down with me as a musician. She wasn't yeah. totally sure that I should uh, commit myself to it. Were they were they supportive at the time? Or I think so, yeah. They've always been very supportive. Um, not like not necessarily explicitly so, but... Uh, right, they never gave you like a hard no. time. And it was always kind of like, well, that's what Jay's doing. Hmm. Are you only child? Uh, I have an older and a younger brother. Oh, so you're a middle child. Yeah. Ah, very nice. Uh, are you still close with your brothers now? Uh, we've never been super close. Uh, it's not like we don't get along, but we're you know we're all four years apart. And uh, were they we're also just, into music or not so much? Um, not so much. My younger brother is a is a drummer. Oh, interesting. Um, so he's into he's uh, really into music. My older brother not so much. Hmm. Yeah, it's I always laughed about it. You know, being the youngest in my family by a significant margin always led to actually pretty good relationships no one mm-hmm. really your 12 and 13 year old sisters don't want to be mean to their newborn right. brother right yeah, yeah, by yeah. the time they wanted to be mean to me they were already out of the house yeah. right so but i was wondering i wonder if i missed sort of the uh, i think i lost the ability to have like 
confrontations. I don't know how to like have a right. regular argument with somebody because I never really had fights with people growing up. I sort of needed that yeah, yeah. brotherly, sisterly thing. Um, are you still close with your family now? Still around? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm. They're still living in the mills. Well, Yorkville. So New York Mills, you're there through high school. Um, what were you thinking you wanted to do by the time you got to the end there? Was music even on the horizon, or were you thinking about, Yeah, like, there was a time I thought maybe going, like, into music education or something yeah, like that. that so. um, you know, of course. But I knew I wanted to write, but then do you go to school? You know, I wasn't a good enough horn player to, like, yeah, you know, go to Juilliard or anything like that. Right, you right, know? right, So right. it's like... I didn't care enough back then. Like, I liked it, yeah. but I also was putting in, the like, the most minimal amount of effort, because it was high school, and I didn't yeah. caught up with other things right but right. Um, it wasn't until I started playing original music like in a band with friends of mine that I sort right. of woke up into like oh so this is a thing yeah let me ask you a question did you do musical theater or anything no, no I was wondering there's like sometimes a connection between the two of them no I can't uh, uh, acting is not my they <laughs> used to call me the, uh, the single threat because I could yeah. sing I couldn't act I couldn't dance like, yeah put them out there in the back yeah. somewhere did you uh, did you want to go to college at that point though um, I did, but I think I only I only wanted to because that's you know you're supposed to. Right, they tell you to. <laughs> you know, I had no idea what the heck I was supposed to go for, so I ended up just you know uh, I went to MV on mm-hmm. that scholarship, so I went there for free. Same. And uh, and you know if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have gone to school. So I just did the two year. Uh, I'm curious to ask what you th- uh, to ask what you thought about it because as a guy who also did the two years at MVCC yep. before I went to college. I, you know, I went to Proctor, so even getting out of Proctor when I was in, like, 2004, right, right. our friends were already referring to MVCC as, like, 13th grade, yep. Harvard on the Hill, like, whatever it was. There were all these jokes, like, you didn't, it felt like a natural transition. I actually really enjoyed my time at MVCC, yeah. and I, I've said over the years that I think it's one of those schools, and there's a lot of schools I've been to that are like this. Uh, HCCC was kind of like this, too. It's not that the school is a bad school anyway. It gets a bad rap because mm-hmm. it's community college. For sure. But you can get a lot of really useful and, like, actually, like, beneficial life stuff out of these things if you commit to putting in the time to it. I just noticed that a lot of community colleges, less kids are willing to put the time in for it. Yeah. So you it's know. really dependent on how much you actually want to get something out of this. For sure. Uh, you know, I went there. I wasn't getting a lot out of the actual classes. Yeah. You know, it felt like I, you know... Hmm. I've been taught this in sixth grade, you know, like, why am I learning this again um, in a lot of the classes? But, uh, you know, yep, I, I, know made, I made a lot of really good friends, Yeah, you know, and it was a kind of a coming up, you know, learning how to be slightly more. I'm still not, uh, you know, the most social, yeah, really Parkinson, smooth guy in the world. But yeah, Parkinson was concerned you weren't going to talk to me. He's, like, He's going to be quiet, you know that. I was like, nah, it's going to be fine. Um, so you said about 18 was about the time you really, like, sort of got into the concept? Yeah, of, I started like, doing um, yeah. What was, do you remember, was there a particular artist? Was there a show? Was there, like, a moment where that really broke through for you? Was there, like, a big influence that you had? Not really. It was, uh, I almost, I almost started playing the guitar on accident. Like Mm. I had said, I had always written and, you know, short stories, poems, bad poetry. Poetry's the one that always struck. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Terrible stuff, but it was uh, was incredibly important for me uh, Mm. because it was, it felt like the only voice I had. But it just wasn't uh, quite uh, defined yet. Sure, no, what the heck I was supposed to be doing. And then uh, I, you know, growing up in high school and stuff, I attended youth group at my church. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and I remember kind of later on, you know, they would sing those really bad the songs. You know what I mean? And somebody <laughs> yeah. thought I could play the guitar. Yeah. And like, 
I ended up there with somebody else playing the guitar, leading this thing, but I had never played guitar before, so I was just kind of watching him, uh, trying to follow along, like, I don't know how this happened. And then I was like, well, this ain't too hard. Yeah, so yeah. then I immediately, I was like, this could be a tool for me to, uh, hmm. you know, start writing. So I started writing immediately. I never really... Were you intrigued by music in the ether at that point in time? Were there artists you were invested in, or like... I mean, going back then, yeah, you know, I grew up listening to a lot of jazz a lot of my dad's yeah. prog rock albums I was really oh, into like, yeah. <laughs> like King Crimson old Genesis <laughs> King Crimson Gentle Giant you know I, I still love all that stuff but I was also very uh, interested into in, that wasn't a correct phrase <laughs> I, I, I was going to just fly with that <laughs> um, like uh, American folk music um, yeah, I was going gonna say, all the way back and of course that still heavily influences me yeah I think I go back to my grandfather I don't this is a one of the nuances of music. I don't like popular country music. Like I, oh, I'm not. I don't have. Uh, here's the thing: if you yeah. play like a Dixie Chick song from the right. 2000s, I would go, "Yeah, this is a fine song." Yeah. But when I was a kid, my grandfather used to listen to like that old style, like Conway Twitty, uh, mm-hmm. Hank Williams, kind of Andrew Sisters, weird yeah, country. Yeah, some of that is great, you know. And that just from songwriting structure. If you're a young musician, you're like, oh, okay, this is. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, it some of a lot those, of points. You yeah. know, Towns Van Zandt, uh, yeah, huge yeah, influence, yeah, yeah. guys like that. Um, what's the difference between uh, folk and country? Um, there's <laughs> a huge a difference. Press. I mean, just in this, you know. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not a huge difference. I always think about this because I used to do punk rock, and the genre oh, thing yeah. was always a question. Like, yeah. what, what kind of punk band are you? Folk about? music generally, you know, a lot of these, the traditional folk music, um, which I've done a ton of research on, yeah. and I love it, especially American folk music. Oh, nice. You know, these are songs that have been, you know, passed on, you know, verbally mm-hmm. through the years. They change over time. It's amazing, you know, you listen to a, a, a version of a, a, I'm trying to think of a, a, um, yeah. a song right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's that guy's name? Never mind. Bob Dylan? <laughs> no, Dylan. Even going before that, but even Dylan would take some of these songs. The lyrics would change over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so many songs about just like uh, regional news, even yeah, you know yeah. events oh. that are happening regionally. Well, that's interesting too. Because if you ever seen the movie, uh, this is kind of a just throwing this out there. Have you ever seen the movie Inside Lewin Davis? Mm-hmm. Inside Lewin Davis was a great movie for me. I really enjoyed watching that. But that was one that I was like, I really that one gave me heartburn watching it because I was like, oh, I feel yeah. for this guy. I'm. <laughs> I was right there with him. But, uh, yeah, you know, so folk music. And then I think it kind of evolved more into this singer-songwriter type of thing. And we've talked about this ad nauseum on the pod over the last few weeks. I think what's interesting about the world we live in today, uh, and even when I was younger, when I was like 15, 17, 18, playing in those punk mm-hmm. bands, the way that music was received by the general population was under the ethos of rock and roll still. If you yeah. were a singer and you put out a song, somebody was going to sit there and go, well, do they write the song? Is it, like, did they write this lyric? How much are they involved in? Well, they gave the song to a commercial? I'm just getting right. me out of here. Whereas now, I think the general public is like, does not care whether your song is in a commercial. We've embraced yeah. sort of pop and, um, as the the general ethos of music Sure. Now. And, uh, you know, I mean, I would sell my song to a commercial in oh a second. If yeah. it was, and I, would, I mean, if it, you know. It was yeah, but I would, too. But 10 <laughs> yeah. years ago, I wouldn't. And it's so funny right. yeah. where that shift changed. And I wonder if it's simply because the way that we um, engage with music has changed sure. so drastically. And it's the way we consume, you know, nobody buys CDs anymore. We consume music a lot through 
movies and TV. Yeah. So song placement well, is hugely can, important. Well, not to, well. I'll, I'll promote it right now. You know, you got your Bandcamp page, which you can give people the the link to if you know the name of it off the top of your head. Otherwise, I'll link yeah. it in the drag. But um, if you want to give them the link, I'll give it to you. Jschnitt.bandcamp. Just the letter J. Just J. C H N I T T. Wait, did I put I put your full? I just put J in there, didn't I? I should put just the letter J. That's the just the letter. I'll, I'll go that's it. my uh, your stage my performance <laughs> name. Which is this I, like, Foolishly, I feel like I should have. It's now it's too late to change it, but you know, oh, yeah. Schnitt is not the greatest. Uh, well, I've yelled at Thomas <laughs> D about this over the years because Thomas D's like, I can't even go with another name. I'm like, Thomas D is your stage yeah. name. Like, I know that that's also your real name, but it's your stage name. Right. I struggled. We did that when I, oh God, when I was 15. I joined a band, and the band was called Coercion. Was the name of the band spelled incorrectly? Not I for feel style. Like I remember that. I'm yeah. sure people, someone out there remembers it. Mm-hmm. But even when I joined the band, I was the I was a late addition to that band. Yeah, they're already a band that existed, and they hired me to replace a guy who was they were getting rid of. Even from day one, I was like, this name is not good. Like I've only been here for a minute, so I'm not here to come in and tell you what to yeah. do. <laughs> By the time we got to changing the name, like a year and a half later. Yeah. It was kind of not that it was too late, but we missed out on the opportunity. Like we might as well. We were probably better off just leaving the crummy name and, right. and going with that. But I couldn't help it. I was too much of an ego. Yeah, man. I know. Did you have ideas in your mind for like a band name or a group? I thought I've gone by different things. You know, when I first started, and I changed a few times, and then uh, you know I had been in bands, various bands. And you have the so the new album you have out on Bandcamp right now the uh, the Jay Schnitt and the Colluders album. Yes, is this a group of guys you knew beforehand? Oh yeah, it's all guys. Uh, my basically my best friend. So it was uh, mm-hmm. just an utter joy to be able to make this with them. And it's the first record I've done in a long time that I've had other performers on. Normally I play all the instruments mm-hmm. and just do it all myself. Well, I was just going to ask you about that because every time I've ever seen you live, whether it's me and you to go event or out of mm-hmm. Nail Creek or wherever we've seen you, you know. You're always doing your solo thing. I respect it, but like it is a different vibe. Like I always, I always preferred playing with other people because mm-hmm. I feel like I need someone to be like, I can't tell if this is good. I'm gonna like spit this at yeah. you, and if it bounces back, I'll feel okay about it. But is there more pressure on you now to like uh, not appease other people, but like to sort of work within that group of people and not just be on your own auteurship? It was a, you know, I I can be a little you know controlling and stuff. So I made a point on this album just to kind of. And it was a good time for me to do it as well, just to step back and do my part. Mm-hmm. Um, he's here's the songs, and then uh, and let these guys who I trust musically, you know, implicitly. So well, that's been the joy, and they of course killed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what kind of uh, what kind of lineup are you using? So you're playing guitar, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm playing. Uh, I'm just doing rhythm, acoustic, and nice. vocals. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the it's crazy. It's, it's the great. least I've ever done. <laughs> and then I got uh, my buddy, uh, best friend Ryan Miller, who you know. Oh yeah, used to play in the Reuben James with him. Oh, yeah. Been playing with him forever. Um, he's playing some lead electric. Matt Wagner, who oh, yeah. also uh, that sounds familiar. Mixed and produced yeah, yeah, yeah. the album. Hmm. Um, best ears in the business. He played some lead. Ben Salzman on drums and Matt Klausner on bass. How long did this uh, did this take this whole project to put together? Have you guys been sort of working on this slowly, or did you just go in and kind of bang we, it all uh, out? Uh, the actual recording didn't take too long, but uh, what the huge setback? I actually started on this about a year ago, and the expectation was to get it out in a three to four month period from the beginning of the recording. Right. But uh, we recorded the whole record and then we lost it into the ether Ooh. of the computer whatever oh, universe. That would give me such frustration. So, <laughs> I'd be so frustrated. So uh, this is the second take uh, of recording the entire album. Okay, so let me ask you this question because I've had this happen with songs and podcasts before. Do you, 
Do you feel like you would have liked to have the first take back, or were you better off doing it a second time? Um, I think the second one's turned out better. I don't really yeah. remember what the first one sounded like anymore. I, you know, they were gone. It's fine with me. And to me, you know, it was like, okay, cool. I get to spend more time with my buddies. I've had a couple times where we've done that where I've, like, lost yeah. sections of the podcast if we record it. I'm like, ah, that was a good 20 minutes. Right. The hardest part is just moving past it. Like, all right, well, yeah. I, it's gone now. So. Yeah, the most frustrating thing for me was not getting out in, uh, you know, the time period I was aiming for. Yeah, yeah. So, how long has this been album now? Is on. I just put it just out, put it out. Uh, awesome. a few days ago awesome. online. I'm getting the hard copy CDs any day now. Nice. Uh, I was going to ask, you put this stuff on like Spotify? Do you put yep, it'll all be like, up on Spotify. Say, Everything's up on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. That's the weirdest thing, man. Like, I, I, I laugh about it all the time. Like, I used to work in a record store. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's ruined the record industry that we've gone all this way, but it's interesting that like an album could have a shelf life in a way that it kind of doesn't naturally find anymore with right. just being digital. Like, I, there are albums that would just, you know, they get popular and they'd be in the store and people just like, oh, yeah, I know these guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I notice it, too, with a lot of, like, uh, this happens with movies as well. Yeah. Like, because um, now movies don't really stay in the theater for as long as they used to unless they're big, giant hits, right? So a movie doesn't have as much time to become a cult classic, right. if you will, because it's not out in the theater for six weeks making, like, three, four, or five million dollars yeah. every week or whatever. This, the whole world is very different. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. You know, I still prefer to buy CDs, and I'll, you know, if I'm going to see my friend's yeah. band, I'll buy their, you know, if they got a disc. It's important to do. I've kind of converted into, uh, if I really love an artist or a band, right? Uh, I'll support them, but I would prefer to buy vinyl at yeah, this point in time. Sure. Right? So vinyl. if an artist is going to put out a vinyl, I will buy that because it feels like art in a way yeah. that a cassette or CD never yeah, did CD to me. Yeah, CD is a little cold, you know. But a CD is, but I also, producing vinyl is crazy expensive. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm so. gonna, someday I'm going to get something out on vinyl. It's, it's That's the plan. But I think for a while, that was where a, like, a lot of people went to. Like, if you yeah. want to listen to something on your phone, you get Spotify or Apple Music right. or Tidal, if that was still a thing. Yeah, uh, and yeah to you, me, I very rarely, like, I hardly ever download an album. I would much no, order, rather order no. the CD. Um, God, and it's, it just seems cause it's just I don't know it seems so distant I think this is actually the first year that I think I, I could be wrong I have to look back at yeah. this but first year the last podcast of the decade that vinyl sales actually outsold like yeah, CD, CD yeah. which is wild to me yeah and there's something else I think with the uh, at least for me you know with the, the streaming services and stuff sure there's a kind of a lack of uh uh ownership and accountability yes, exactly. to the music you yep. know what i mean oh no that makes total sense i thought about that before too because it's like if you download a digital album from somebody it's like i guess i'm getting something but like I, right could i not like i'm not getting i don't know that's the that's where i go back to the cd the vinyl thing i still feel like i'm supporting the person when i get that physical yeah, thing exactly. that i can have and show to people or and share if you're just streaming something off of spotify for free or whatever your monthly well, thing YouTube. is there's nothing <laughs> yeah there's no kind of accountability to the music where you're really uh, talking with it in the way think, that you should be. Well, I think what's interesting too is the music video uh, aspect of oh, yeah. music is sort of coming back now because of YouTube and stuff, yeah, right? Sure. Like I've argued for many years about whether or not I would start doing this show as a YouTube show. Like yeah. just put a camera up somewhere. Right, right. And my biggest reason for saying no is that I do not like to get dressed for any of this shit. I'll uh-huh. wear like a, like whatever, a cardigan sweatshirt like I'm wearing now. Yeah. I don't want people to judge me on that, yeah. basically. <laughs> but uh, have you thought about doing any sort of that stuff, like music video access to like get people involved? It's probably tough when you I have, but you know, like I said, I do most of the stuff, you know, on my own. So it's hard to uh, 
make a music video by yourself. Where but I got some live performances and stuff. Do you guys do any cover songs? Um, you know, when I play out, I'll do some, you know, it's usually some, you know, obscure artist, like a song that I wish I had written, you know. Right, right, that right. a lot of people don't know. I think if you... Um, no, I think that's a great point, actually, because you don't want to do, like, a too obvious cover, but we do live in a town. Yeah. Like, I mean, not for it's, nothing, like, Kevin plays in a very, like, popular cover band around yeah, here. Yeah. And he's very good at his job, and he likes it. But I yeah. know through many conversations that, that we've had, not that he doesn't like playing it, he likes yeah. making money, and he likes oh, playing sure. shows. I know that he doesn't have the same sort of, like, connection to the songs because he didn't... Yeah. write them like I think as a musician we, we sort of we take that a little personally we want for to for sure <laughs> I mean and there's only you know playing covers there's only so much you can get out of it uh, personally and I also think there's only so much the audience can get out of it I mean yeah. if, you know a song playing songs that they've heard a million times by a million different bands you know um, like what really can they take from that other than like I had a couple beers and had it sang along to this yeah. song remember you know? those guys played the police yeah you know what I mean yeah um, <laughs> Not that I don't like you know, music. there's not really much of an emotional or... Uh... When, uh, when I was 15, 16, we were doing the punk band thing, and that yeah. was the big crux of the discussion. We could go to McGill's and mm-hmm. play for two hours and do a bunch of cover songs and get paid, or we could go play in a bookstore in Clinton and make no money, right. but the crowd actually really liked all the songs we played, yeah. and they were playing with like six other bands, and it was like lively, yeah. and it felt yeah, like it was a, a scene, if you will. I hate to use for the sure. word scene, but... Do you have like music? Uh, speaking of scenes, do you have like uh, musicians you you like played with in the past? You used to you have like crews you get used to playing with, or like is that not really a thing anymore? It, it is, you know. I mean, I'm I, I guess I'm kind of like within that, you know, locally. Like, you know, there's the uh, the old main guys. I'm great friends Love with those guys. Those guys. Super um, nice guys. Uh, John McConnell out in Oswego. Um, you had any band rivalries, Michael Powell? Um, <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to tell me. Well, when I was with the Reuben James, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, we had a couple of those Reuben James Showtime shows. Those were a blast. Oh, yeah. Those were some drunken affairs <laughs> there, but uh, not necessarily rivalries. But I also that feel like I don't thing. necessarily like... You don't strike me as the kind of guy who's out here getting in fistfights. <laughs> um, Maybe, I don't. You know, as far as... This, like, I've always felt that I was kind of separate from, you know... The, those scenes in particular, even the even like the the Americana scene, you know, right, with, I was the, say, with the old main and stuff. I'm kind of I'm not quite there. I'm not. Um, I don't land anywhere that is very helpful to me in any no, way. No, no, I'm with you. I, I always struggled to sort of find that middle ground about why. When we were playing in the punk bands back in the day, we were not in the same. Again, we're talking about genres here for a second. Yeah. A lot of these bands are what you would refer to today as like a screamo band or like mm-hmm. a hardcore pop like pop you know the really heavy drum breakdowns yeah. we were very much like a late 90s early 2000s emo band like yeah. get up kids oh, or yeah, like yeah. Jimmy Eat World kind of thing so we were not really in the same like sphere of influence necessarily right. but there were only so many shows we were getting on For so sure. like we would go to these crowds and be like we just watch like a band do a hardcore show and then we're out there doing like just watch the fireworks and they're like yeah. okay this is kind of slow and sad but like <laughs> but that still felt visceral in a way that like going up and playing uh every breath you take in front of drunks at mcgill's didn't ever really do for me yeah you know I mean you know it's much more frustrating but uh much more satisfying in the end hey speaking of frustrating i gotta ask you a question just because i've i've heard you talk about it before and i've had mm-hmm. this issue with the the show you know you're, you're into the folk music americana music a lot of that stuff 
does have some roots in sort of protest-style music. Right. I've heard you, you know, in your shows before, you have, like, the anti-Donald Trump songs and stuff. Now, yep. people who listen to this show know that I am very anti-Donald Trump. <laughs> it's not a surprise to anyone on the show. Uh, so I don't, I was happy to hear that. Yep. But I'm curious, this is not a, mm, I wouldn't say that Utica is not progressive, but you never know what you're going to get when you go outside of Utica. Have you struggled with people, like, getting pissed off and stuff like that in the past? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, mostly people respond positively, even if it's a, you know, uh, you know, the, the other side of the argument or, sure. or what have sure, you. Sure, but, sure. Um, you know, like you said, over the past couple years, you yeah, know, worse. putting, uh, you know, talking about current events and political situations mm. and stuff like that in, a, in an honest way has been a huge part of my music and something I've become quite, you know, I think known for right now yeah. um, is this kind of protest music. So inevitably you're going to get people and you know i've had people stand up and walk out on me um i've had venues turn on me mm-hmm. oh yeah um and it's disheartening and frustrating you know what though you're you're doing the right thing though because again if we're, we talked about like lewin davis thing earlier and yeah. like the the heritage of like folk music and americana and i you know, yeah, I'm talking and that's about, a like, huge part of folk music and and like even going back to like the stuff i listen to, like punk rock music has sort of an up too. and well it has sort of an up and down thing right yeah you get bands like uh you know like Bad religion and stuff. We were just like crapping on everybody, but there's also yeah. some pretty aggressive. Punk rock yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I think. But again, punk rock in that same sort of way. I actually don't see a ton of difference. I've always argued that punk is more of a mentality than it is a soundscape. Because mm-hmm, I was like Elvis Costello sure. was very punk, yep. but you wouldn't you wouldn't listen to it and go, "Oh, this is so right, heavy." Right. But I, I see a lot of similarities between like folk music and punk music in the way that they attempt to make. Uh, not broad statements, but more direct statements about the the state of the people who For live sure. in the world we live in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've always felt the same way. Do you, you do know? any electric guitar stuff at all? I'm so curious. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Electric yeah. or acoustic? I've always struggled to get back to acoustic once I got to electric. I mean, I play acoustic most often, obviously, just being yeah. a solo perform. You know, when I play out live. But uh, you know, um, I love playing my telly, and I miss it when I don't get a chance to play it. But uh, yeah, I'm playing. You know, I actually thought playing acoustic makes you a better electric guitar player I think so yeah because this is going to sound weird I feel like electric guitar is uh, not easier to play but it's less like just on your hands like the work on an electric guitar the, right. the amp and you strings I mean are, you really don't have to do as much you don't and then I think you know? it makes you like my hands got better when I was playing more acoustic than it was when I was just yeah. playing electric all the time for sure um are there any uh, are there any like songs or things you like? You ever look back at like old stuff you've written and be like, oh, I wish I could do that one again. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think that one all the time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've probably written over a thousand songs, and probably ninety percent of them, I've you know, just, I don't even remember how to play. I was just talking about this yesterday. I, I was showing something to to Justin or, or Steve, one of my buddies who was mm-hmm. over, and I was like, oh, check out this track. I found this from back in the day, and I was like, I don't know how to play this. I don't remember writing it. Yeah. I don't remember how to play it. I'm sure I could relearn it because it's not that hard, but like right. it's weird how many things I actually think of this. I mean, I don't mean to rant. Kevin and I were just talking about this. There was a song we used to we played with a band called Coercion. That, uh-huh. A song called Silence. And for years, like the first two years of the band, this was our closing song. Yeah, right. The last song we would play, the, the nighttime closer. And then by the time we got to like the third year, I think we stopped playing it. It was just yeah. we're like, nah, we're just we're done right. with this one. And it's just so weird how many songs I've looked back at and be like, oh yeah, I don't even play this at all anymore. Like I yeah. couldn't tell you the lyrics. Yeah, I have people requesting songs, you know, at some of my shows now and then, and I'm like, yeah, I have no idea, man. Do you get like Good requests luck. from people like cover songs like, oh, play 
Skeeter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's always fun, too, you know. I prefer when people request songs that I wrote, but, uh, you know, it's like, yeah. Have you been listening to what I've been doing at all tonight? You're going to come up here and ask me to, you know. With Kevin and I, it was always money talks. We're like, how much, you, how much do you want us to learn this yeah. song? <laughs> I, I shit you not, I was in Troy, New York years ago, Kevin and I, and this guy, me and Kevin and Nick Vasali and them boys from the Coercion Band, and we're in this bar, and they were not feeling us. Like right. I could tell already that they were like, yeah. mm, we're too liberal and yep. young and aggressive for this crowd. I also came in, once they started requesting like songs that we were never going to play, like country songs, uh-huh. I was like playing the deliverance theme on my guitar in between songs, just trying to piss off the crowd. And they asked us to play Puddle of Mud. She, oh, she hates me. So we we told the guy, we're like, give us right. 50 bucks, we'll do it. Nice. We did not know it, mind you. He gave us the 50 bucks and uh-huh. we just made it up. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, come on, I can't be that fucking hard. It's fine. Um, so, again, real quick before we go on to some other stuff here, yeah. uh, J Schnitt, just the letter J, dot bandcamp.com. Did I screw that up? Is that right? No, that's right. Or, right cool. or you can just go to jschnitt.com and cool. you can click on the link. It'll send you to the band camp. And uh, your brand new album. Plus all the old albums on there as well if you want to get a hold Not of Not all of the old albums, mm. but the last nine or ten. Do you have any live stuff coming up? Any shows coming up soon? Uh, see, I'm playing at Woods Valley on the 2nd. Oh, nice. Um, not a whole lot other than that. Um, I'm trying to get to book. And you know how it is. It's, it's especially this area. Like, I play out of town most mostly. Yeah. Um, this town kind of breaks my heart. Uh, I mean, on I was, a frequent basis. Oh yeah. I mean, we. Um, did you ever play like I'm saying? What were the place? Well, that's a good place to start actually. Because what venues did you play when we were like growing up? Because I'm I, all the venues that we used to play are gone now. Yeah, Devereaux Electric Company. Devereaux, much. Yep. Um, yep. Captain Trips was your if you're old enough to remember that. Trips. From back yeah, in the day. I think when I that was one of my first gigs with the band I got. Captain yeah. Trips was the first music performance I did with a band where yeah. I felt like it was important. Right. Like, I remember as a kid for, who lived up the street, like, I, for, I lived in this area since I was born, right? Yeah. So the fact that, like, this is where I saw my first punk rock show, this is where, like, shitty good Charlotte came when I was 15, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. So the fact that I, like, we, we couldn't even get our friends in the bar because they were all under 18, right? Oh, it was yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. So it was so important to me. And the fact that every time I drive past that empty space. Yeah, there's just that it, empty it, lot. It just drives me nuts because, like, I understand you want to sell the building. If you want to get rid of it, fine. That was a really decent setup for yeah, a it was potential cool. venue. Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying everything was, you know, wouldn't need to be updated, but just yeah. having it there was so nice. Uh, Electric Company is another one that kind of makes me sad. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was I the, mean, that's such a uh, an important part of, uh, uh, you know, especially me, you know, growing up and learning music and meeting all these bands and, you know. I know, regardless of the sort of odd relationship that I have with Z these days, you know, it was he was an important guy for us back for then. For sure. You know, sort of allowing us yeah. to come in, you know, this is before all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, years between later. him and uh, uh, Robin and Garrett over at yeah. Virgo oh, Bats and the train you know, now. I'm so glad you said that. They're... I've been trying to get Robin on this podcast forever. Oh, good luck. She does not want to come to it. Garrett might. She honestly, more than almost anybody, probably doesn't get enough credit for what she did for like a lot of me and my friends. Like Just yeah. having these original music yeah. venues. Um, I probably wouldn't be playing music if it wasn't yeah. for, for her and Garrett. Um, so hugely, and still hugely supportive. Um, Garrett actually did the artwork yeah. on the oh, nice. new album. I don't know if I know Garrett. What's Garrett's last name? Ingram? Garrett Ingram. I have to look it up. I'm I'm sure probably, you'd I probably know the face. I'm, yeah. I'm really, for yeah. a guy who talks to people all the time and works in like a community outreach organization, I'm really bad with faces and names and putting them together. 
Uh, speaking of which, I want to, you know, you've done a lot of nice work with us over the years for the Maiden Utica stuff. How did you sort of get involved with Justin and Kate? Did you sort of know him from... Uh, he, he yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I'm not sure if they reached out to me first, but I might have reached out to them. <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm not the most, you know... Uh, most likely they reached out to me because I don't tend to, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, uh, I'm, I'm super weird and awkward and, uh, you know, it's... I don't... It's hard for me to do all that networking and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And, you know, people think I'm a weirdo, whatever, but... Mm-hmm. Was, this is why I play music, because this is my only means of talking to people, really, you know? I mean, honestly, like, one of the joys about playing in a punk band back in the day with, like, a bunch of other dudes was I was that guy. I like to write songs, I like to sing, I like yeah. to perform, I like to play with my pals. What I did not like to do was promote the band, yeah. uh, book shows, book tours, figure out where we're going, what day... Like, that, yeah, I was like, that. if you book all the stuff, I'll show up and I'll give 110% every yeah. week, and I'll keep writing songs, I'll keep doing it. For sure. I just knew I wasn't good at certain things, and that's where... At the end of the day, I think I prefer playing with other people, just in terms mm-hmm. of that, like, distillation of responsibility yeah. a little bit, right? I don't know how you would do it. I, I, I respect that you can do it by yourself, sort of being out there for all, just booking your own shows and going around. It's, That's it's stressful. Tough. I mean, you know, at least, you know, half the week I'm ready to give up, and then, you know. Oh. Then you have those moments, uh, you know, where you, you realize you have influenced people in a positive oh, way yeah. or, uh, you know, made them uh, kind of... Uh, Look at their situation, whether they're going through a tough time or something, in a, and you're you've been able to give them something uh, tangible yeah. to kind of equate that with that, that feeling that they have maybe no other way to describe it. You know, and, uh, have you uh, before I get to our lightning round question? I just got to yeah. ask. You see, you play out of the area a lot. Yeah. What's your favorite non-Utica venue you've played in? Oh, that's a good question. You're been to the Bug Jar in Rochester? Oh yeah, I've played at the Bug Jar. Love the Bug Jar. <laughs> My favorite, I mean, it's not, I don't know if it's really out of the Utica area. It's, mm. Maybe it's out, uh, Nelson Odeon. Mm. Out that? In, uh, it's Casanova or oh, Canastota. Okay. I always get the Canis- two confused. I don't know if it's in California. It's the one that. out, like, past near. The col- they all have colleges in I don't know. One of those. <laughs> but the Nelson Odeon, it's one of the mm. most beautiful venues to see a show at. Go see anybody there. I highly recommend it. Uh, again, folks, jsnit.com. His new album, uh, Jay Schnitt and the Cluders, is. Brand new and fresh, uh, and he's going to give yeah, us a track. All afterwards. political. Uh, it's another. It's the second. Jason. That's obviously why we're called the band, Col- the colluders, uh, just <laughs> as a kind of a joke. But yeah, it's a. It's another. It's the second in a series of entirely political protest current events. Awesome. It's really cool. And uh, after we're done, um, I'm going to have you send me an MP3 track. We'll play out on the way. Yeah, I think the maybe. Uh, Whatever. Song you... Patriot. We'll, Patriot. Is that, that what it's called? Yep. All right. Cool. Uh, before we do that, though, let's uh, let's take a couple minutes just to do some lightning round questions. Oh, this if that's is going to okay be great for me. Yeah, let's oh yeah, and again, don't go. It's not a fast <laughs> thing. I just mean I'm going to hit you with some quick questions, and then you can take your time on them. But uh, here's an easy one to start off, Jason. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Oh, black. Ah, now the follow-up question I ask everybody: Did you always take it all black, or did you have to work your way there? Because I no, struggle always. Yeah, <laughs> never. No sugar, no cream. Never. No. See, I had to get tricked into it. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee was late in my life for me. Oh, yeah? I drink too much of it now because of it. Uh, what was your first automobile? I think it was a, uh, a 1996 Ford Taurus. Oh, yeah. I had a Taurus. I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was like, you know, it was my parents' car, then the, my older brother's car. It's like the square style of yeah. ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, you know, when I was a kid, I was always in the impression, because I had, like, Hondas and... Weird stuff growing up. Yeah. I was like, oh, you got to get a foreign car because American cars are bullshit. Right. I had a couple Fords over the years. And I was like, you know what? This thing's yeah, all right. It lasted a little bit. How long did you have that one for? Uh, probably a couple years. Mm. 
you know, I, you know, of course, you know, when you're young, you go through those series of cars that you just drive them until you're stranded on the road in the, somewhere. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, and my first leave the car there. <laughs> I've done that. Before. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you may or may not have taken your 1996 Ford Taurus to go see it. What was your first live music event? I think, I think it was uh, Wynton Marcellus, the jazz trumpet player. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, super famous, uh, incredible at the Stanley. Oh, nice. I believe that was my first concert that mm-hmm. I, I went to. Yeah, I think that Captain Trips one was the first one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I had to beg my parents to let me go. Uh, if you could have dinner with any person, living or dead, who is not your relative, who would it be and why? Oh, jeez. I think I drunkenly asked you about yeah, this you, you, Friday. Yeah, you warned me this. And then I, I, did, I did warn you about and then I, I had a couple drinks. And then I didn't think about it since <laughs> then. Right. That's okay. I don't blame you. you can, I can give you a minute if you want to come back to it. Man, I don't know. Maybe like uh, maybe like Isaac Newton or somebody mm. like that. Mm. You're uh, interested in like science and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. I love all that. Yeah, yeah some somebody from history. Or maybe, you know, there's the typical answer of like, you know, of course, everybody wants to have dinner with Jesus or, or Buddha or something. Yeah. But like, maybe somebody that was like in the crowd. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. And like, <laughs> ask them what you know. Well, people always. I used to ask people the the time machine question, like if you can take right. a time machine and go back to any era. But then now we live in like a world where it's like you don't want to go back to any era because all of them have problems. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, yeah. all of them have problems. Right. So the the, re, the question I guess now is instead of that is if you could go back and observe some event from history, yeah. what would it be? Because I would love to go see like. Gettysburg Address. Just, oh, for sure. Just see what the crowd reacted like back then. Like, did they know it was important? Yeah, because, you, know, you know, I mean, that's, the, you know, the whole impact of the situation is is how people are reacting to it, right? It's not well, that. It's the struggle of being a history teacher. I'm like a yeah. history teacher now, and, like, these things that happen, like, on a day-to-day basis, especially now, we look at all the Trump shit that's happening. Mm-hmm. I look at, like, 10 years in the road, I'm like, down 10 years in the road, and I'm teaching this to kids, which part of the story are we going to be talking about? Like, yeah. how, what... What are we seeing today that will be in the history books ten years from now? Yeah. And do we know that what we're seeing right now will be in there, or yeah. can't we or, tell at this point? Or how will it be interpreted? Yeah, um, you know the context of everything. You know, that's. I mean, we're just now getting. Around, I think people are just now getting around to recontextualizing Bill Clinton because up until yeah. like two years ago, we were like Clinton, people liked him. Right. Now everyone's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> now we're done on Bill. You know? <laughs> I, I it's tough too. Is like this Trump election was the first real like, hard political L I remember mm-hmm. taking in my... Like, I've talked some L's where I voted... I think I voted for, like, John Kerry, and he lost. And yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but the, the Trump one was, This one hurt. It was, I'm, a, I'm a professional wrestling fan. This guy's yeah. in the WWE Hall of Fame. I saw him yeah. beat up Vince McMahon once. I have a hard time being like, this is the guy... Right. This is the fucking guy you guys wanted. Stone Cold Steve Austin beat him up. It's a true yeah. story. Look it up on the internet. Uh, give me... I'll move on. Give me one uh, book, album movie or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. That's book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, okay. or watching. One book, album... Or okay. you don't have to give me one of each. One of any of those. Okay, one of any of those. We'll go... Uh, let me see. I'm listening to this uh, record. Uh, uh, it's this uh, duo, Anna and Elizabeth. Hmm. Um, Steve's down from the city. It's, a, it's super interesting. Uh, they're doing a lot of uh, New England folk music. Um, but the production on it is something like I've never mm-hmm. heard them do on a folk album. It's super interesting. And even for people interested in things, you know, uh, like production and just, uh, you know, sonic, atmospheric things, mm-hmm. uh, I think fans of Radiohead would love this album. It's uh, super interesting. Uh, what was the name one more time? Uh, Anna and Elizabeth. Anna. And I can't remember the actual name. Uh, I'll, I'll do a little bit of 
deep dive after I get out. And uh, and finally, Jay, I know I've kept you longer than I told you I would. Um, give me one more thing besides music, besides um, protest, besides giving back to the community, about mm-hmm. you know getting your voice out there. Give me one more thing that you're passionate about. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm, I'm uh, you know, wow, that's a tough one. You have any hobbies besides music you're doing? You like? A- I mean, I love the work I do. You know, in you know, I work in museums and art yeah. galleries and stuff like that. And I love. I just like most of all making things and creating mm-hmm. things, uh, whether it be with my hands. I do a lot of woodworking, oh, things nice. like that. It's, we've um, been we've been watching a shit ton of videos on YouTube recently yeah. about people with the, the lace in their house. I'm like, I'm really oh, yeah. curious to own a lace. Someday now. I need to. You know, <laughs> they're cra- crazy expensive, right? Yeah, yeah. They're. I mean, you can. Yeah, they're expensive. I've also heard that they're. Wildly dangerous. They, yeah, they're. <laughs> you gotta be. You gotta uh, watch yourself on those. Uh, so again, it's jschnitt.com or you can go to jschnitt.bandcamp.com. Uh, I'll put all the links in the website. Jake, I want to thank you for taking thank time you. on a Monday to come chat with us. Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate. It's probably been overdue, so I appreciate you coming yeah, for in. Sure, thank you. Uh, and we will uh, play you out with one of the tracks from your new album, uh, Jay Schnitt and the Cooters. This track is called. Clenched in fists that shake in fiery fevered fits That aim to hew the head off this And aim to break all those who miss And dare to call you out for what you really are And I've seen your lazy bullets fly I've seen the hate behind your eyes And I've seen the blessed people cry But now you've got no alibi Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the What you wanna see, you ain't seen the last of me. And I have heard your twisted tyrant tongue turning tricks and lies at home. I've heard the roaring thunder come. Your time is short, you better run. I've heard the righteous rise up in the shadows of your wall. And I've heard Joshua's trumpets ring And I've heard a million people sing The voice of freedom echoing In every footstep in the street If it's silence that you seek We'll make sure you never sleep You can hear what you want to hear You ain't heard the last of me
I'll be there on the White House lawn. We'll be there to tear down every wall. We'll be there in every picket line. We'll be there at every firing line. We'll be there at every righteous revolution yet to come. You can see what you want to see. You ain't seen the last of me yet. What you want to hear You ain't heard the last of me Hey, and that was, uh, again folks, that was the new track from Jay Schnitt uh, and the Colluders, Patriot, off his new album that just came out this week. Go to uh, jayschnitt.bandcamp.com or just... Schnitt. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He had a really nice Great. time. You know, it's funny. He was... Um, I don't know how much how well you know Jay. Mm-hmm. He's a relatively um, introspective, mm-hmm. like, quiet dude. Yeah. Uh, so I was pleased that he was so uh, chatty and talkative. And it's nice that when it's a musician and yeah, you can talk sure. about that kind of stuff. Um, really cool. I like this new album that he's got out. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. It's got... Uh, it's not a solo project. It's just him and like live bands and electric mm-hmm. guitar. And I'm really kind of like he's I'm, awesome. Nah, he's a great dude. Uh, Heather is here. Kevin is me, gone. Kevin, no Kevin with me today. I know Kevin bailed out. He had to go to practice. And uh, Justin was supposed to be here, but I have no. I know. No one wants to hang out with me today. I have no tolerance for waiting for him. That's really? It. I think he's. I just got. I got here. He's like, "Where's Justin? Where's Justin?" I'm like, "We can wait a minute. You can hang out with me." He's like, "Nope, nope." It's not that I just want to hang out with me. I love hanging out with you. The problem is. I asked him to be here at a certain See, time. Look how mad he's getting. He told there. me he was going to, and I can't get a hold of it. And here's what's going to happen. We're going to be doing this interview. We're going to talking, chatting it up. And I got some stuff for you here. Oh, boy. And then he's going to walk in in the middle of it, and then he's going to show up for the second half. That's See? my prediction. It's one or the other. And that's fine. I'll save some stuff at the end for him if he okay. wants to. Let's start here, Heather. Um, how was your Christmas? How was, was Kazmus really 2019? Good. I don't even care about Kaz. <laughs> No, really, I don't. This was the first year because I was so excited about myself that I didn't even pick, take any pictures of Kaz opening his presents. Uh, was he excited at least? He was so excited. Yeah. He like the only thing that stuck is he already knew that his gifts he wanted were going to be downstairs. So like he came downstairs and he knew that Santa was going to bring him the one main thing he asked for. Well, that's kind of. But it was cute. He that's was, the whole point of Santa, though. Like you know what you want, he's yeah. going to get it for you. Right? Yeah. So, but he loved it. Just wait until you get to a couple years when he starts wanting things from Santa that are expensive. Yeah, I know. This one thing was expensive. So anyway, to- he, he loved it. Are toys expensive? They are. And they actually raised the price of this halfway like through the season, holiday season. So. What did uh, what'd you get Zach for Christmas? I got Zach all new ski stuff and mm-hmm. a ticket to Colorado to go skiing. Nice. Well, for you guys as well? Or no, just- I'm not going. Not going? I can't get the time off. And what? he's never traveled by himself before. Andrea, Mark, call me up. We gotta See? find Heather some time to right. go on this vacation. She yep. works real hard. Yep, but we I want to take care of her. But he's never traveled on his own, and he's gonna. So I thought this is kind of cool. You can go off on your own. Yeah, I, well, I saw the pictures you posted too of uh, Kaz doing some skiing over yeah, the weekend. He, he found skiing. some snow. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, what did you get for Christmas from I, Zach? I, or I can you not say? I can say I got a cello. That's right. You posted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was so curious about this. I had it. I played for nine years, and did I she, loved it. Mm-hmm. And um, when my dad passed away, I had to go to a new school, mm-hmm. and they didn't have an orchestra there. Yeah. So I didn't have a cello anymore. So 25 years I haven't played, and I've always wanted one. Did you pick it back up quickly? No, I thought it was going to be like riding a bike. 
It wasn't. I was really struggling with Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and I was like, Cass, I'm going to play you Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and I'm like, oh, nope. I'm, I think about that, because the first instrument, I was talking to Jay about this during the interview, the first instrument that ever came into my like sphere of music was mm-hmm. saxophone in fifth grade. I played mm-hmm. alto saxophone. And I wasn't very good, uh, but I kept up with it for about, oh, about high school, so yep. about five, six years before I got into like other like music stuff, playing band, musical theater, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still, in my mind, think that if you gave me a saxophone, I could probably still figure it out. Yeah. That might be a little bold of me because playing a saxophone and making it work the way you want, I don't know what you guys know about saxophones, mm. but it's a reed instrument, so that little piece mm-hmm. of wood. Yep. This <laughs> sound really gross. The way that a woodwind <laughs> instrument works is you're supposed to tap your tongue onto the reed to make yep. it started. Oh, wait, Justin's calling me. Hang oh. on. Hello? Just on the show waiting. Uh, that's all right. I already started with Heather. So if you want to come down, just come on down and we'll uh, we'll just bring you in when you get here. All right, I'll see you soon. All right, bye. <laughs> all right, he's coming down now. So he'll be here in a moment. Uh, no, it, but the way that a saxophone works, you have to tap the end of the reed with your tongue. Like, mm-hmm. ah, yep. this is bad radio. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I have friends who play the saxophone. Um, and then you have to keep moving warm air between the reed and the mouthpiece. I don't know if I could do that. That's it's not hard. as It's not as complex as I'm making it sound. It's mm-hmm. really nuanced. But I think as long as you can do that. It's sort of like playing trumpet. Yeah. It's once you get your mouth in the right sort of motion or <laughs> sound, uh, that is easy to pick up. Yeah. It'd be hard for me to remember like scales yeah. and notes and all that kind of shit. I thought I could read notes by Ken. I was very excited that I could music? get on and read. I could read it for tel- for my child. So I used to know how to read sax, and that made that. me feel really good. This is so. stupid. This is a stupid question. You might not know the answer to. What key is a cello in? What do you mean, like like from? a saxophone that I used to play a baritone was in like the key of G, so the yeah, natural G. note is like a G. If G you would be like a, okay, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I kind of wish I still had a saxophone. They're just crazy expensive. Yeah, no, and cello was. That's why I never had one. So I don't know how my husband afforded that. Oh, I wonder but, where he got it. Yeah. Um, somebody he worked with, like that they made it. It was all made for me and mm. everything. Personal. So That's kind of romantic. I know he really did well. This did he? Year. Do you think he did better than you did this year? Well. Yeah, I don't know. No, yes, yes. Because he gave me something I've always wanted. So I don't think he could ever do better than that. Do you hear that? Yeah. Cats fighting outside? I think the cats are fighting outside. Yeah. Huh. Charles is always getting in fights outside. I mean, once once Justin gets here, I'm going to have to send him down to the basement okay. to fight the cats. We've had this issue before. Cats have been getting into our basement, mm-hmm. and Charles fights them. Nice. No. That's almost surely what's going on I think I can right hear now. it. It sounds crazy. All right. Bear me one second. We're gonna we're gonna go on a brief two second break. We'll be right back. I just want to go check this out. Okay, so we're back. Uh, and no cats. Couldn't find the cats. There was definitely. I'm not crazy though. We heard that. No, right? I heard it too. Okay. Uh, Justin theoretically is coming here. Um, so I wanted to tell you oh, real quickly. I went to a wedding this weekend. I don't know mm-hmm. if I saw this, and I got made fun of by everybody because before the wedding started, I was at Nail Creek. Okay. And I was looking up gifs of dance moves. To use on the dance Stop floor. It. I No, I swear to God, I did. There's, what? <laughs> there's a good... Did you, you do any of them? No, I got so drunk that I forgot about okay. them. But I did look up a definitive ranking of old school dances from the 80s and 90s. And I looked them up. There was the Millie Vanilli. Yeah. The Raise oh, the, yeah. The Raise the Roof. You yep. familiar with that? The Snake. The Snake. The Typewriter, which is what uh, MC Hammer does in oh, that yeah. video where he's like, doing the yep. leg shake thing. Yep. A lot of good stuff. Did you, you didn't do any of them? Well, here's what I was told by Kate and Justin. Oh, Jason. 
They said, just because you watched 30 seconds of a dance move on a GIF does not mean you will be able to recreate it. Mm-hmm. They were right. I didn't <laughs> Are you a dancer? Do you go to weddings? Do you- I love dancing. I'm not, I don't know if I'm good. I think I'm good when I'm there dancing. But I mean, the key to dancing is just not fun. really caring, caring, right? Just yeah. go out there and do your thing. Yeah. It was definitely funny. I went to that wedding with Kate and Justin and some of the media mm-hmm. crew. You can, you know for a fact Justin didn't dance once. He didn't? No, of course not. He sat off in the distance. It looked fun in the pictures. The pictures we, looked like you guys had a really good time. We had a great time. And it's you know awesome. what? It helps that I love John and, and Cookie so much. They're like the nicest folks in the yeah. world. It's really nice when you go into it and just be like, I'm so happy for these folks. <laughs> Sometimes I walk into a wedding, I'm like, mm, I, know. I don't know about this or, one. Or when can we, how do we get out of here fast? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. Um, so one more thing I guess we can get into before Justin gets here. Uh, you mentioned to me that you are going to your first ever Comets game? Yes, I am. How is that possible? I don't know. I'm just you not, mean, I dated a hockey player for a long time and I went to a lot of hockey <laughs> so games. <laughs> so I was like done, like yes. done. So, um, but my son got invited for one of his preschool friends wanted him to go. Hmm. So Kaz is, we're taking Kaz. No, I've never been to a comics game. I'm sorry. I do love Utica. I love everything about Utica. I'm just traumatized from hockey. (laughs) Uh, I'll say this as a guy who's gone to a few comics games Mm -hmm. since they've been back. I would say, you know, handful of games, five, ten tops, tops, dead, dead serious tops. I don't, I don't like hockey Mm -hmm. as a sport. I will say watching the games in the odd with the crowd and the excitement is a lot of fun. Yeah. You'll have fun just being sort of in the atmosphere. And we got like box seats or something. Oh, you're up in the... Uh, yeah, so oh. you get food and alcohol. Damn, so, so I feel like if I'm going to go, I'm going to go that way. Then I, I didn't buy tickets. Some of the kids' parents did. <laughs> uh, no, that's fair. Um, I, 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 again, it's more experience. I like yeah. that. I couldn't... I wouldn't watch Comets games if you put them on TV. I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of people in you to go would, but I'm not... I don't watch regular hockey like yeah. NHL hockey <laughs> that's like when I used to go to SU games I never was really an SU fan but every time I went I felt like I'd been a fan for like my entire life mm. because the yeah, crowd yeah. was so intense so uh, I asked Kevin this before he left for the practice uh, and he of course said that he would never do so because he never does do you have any New Year's resolutions this is our last pod of the decade no. we're the longest running podcast in Utica history and yet somehow this is our last episode of the decade and no oh that's weird any. to think about that um no <laughs> honestly I feel like I feel like I used to always make them and now as I've gotten older I'm like well I am who I am <laughs> at this point and I don't I know I'm not going to do any of them and I don't I I'm doubling. I talked about this with Kevin earlier. I'm doubling down on something that I have been already doing for about three weeks, Mm -hmm. which is I'm off the fast food. Or as Kevin, as I've told Kevin, I'm off the cheeseburgers. Uh, And it's just something I have to do for. Mm -hmm. I'm too lazy when it comes to like getting prepped for food. Like I, I've been going to. I went to McDonald's yesterday for the first time in three weeks because I was so hungover from the the weekend Mm -hmm. before, and I regret it. I mean, I immediately regret it. I'm, like, sitting on the couch just chewing it, being like, this was a mistake. Oh, I'm really happy about this. I'm just, like, so depressed. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's going to be the one. I'm going to be 34 this year, and you're going to laugh at me because you're not that old. I, I'm old. I feel, uh, I feel about as old as I've ever yeah. felt in my life, and that's probably an issue. And I don't want to get weird, but food definitely if definitely change, affects you oh, yeah. and how you feel and I changed my diet years ago mm. and I still get I still go get Taco Bell here and there. I know you do you but eating healthy makes me feel so much so much better so good you know, for that though and that's what I think the next thing is I, but Kevin made a really good point to it I, I don't know if it helps me out to say it out loud and put it in the world mm-hmm. because now there's pressure on me yeah, right. to actually do it but I might be one of those kind of people who needs that pressure to back it up like yeah. if I go get fast food now it's like nope you said you weren't going to do it now yeah. you're out here 
So we'll see. You can do it. Um, so lucky for you, I have no history lessons this week. Oh my god, I'm so happy. <laughs> I hate history. I don't know anything about history, so when I'm sitting here with the two of you, I'm always like, what? <laughs> no, it depends on. I, I'm trying to like cultivate certain lessons. No, you do for a good you. job. You do. A good uh, job. Oh look. He's here. Oh, it's Justin. Hey, Justin is here. Justin, you missed it. We, uh, I had to pause the podcast for a second because we heard cats fighting. I had to go down the basement to see if Charlie was fighting with another cat. Was it Charlie? I don't know. I never found anybody. New microphone. New microphone. Yeah, yeah. same microphone, newer. Uh, Justin uh, Parkinson, of course, made you guys here after his uh, excessive 45-minute visit last week. So people yes. are... That's right. Double were you painting down there? Yeah. yeah, painting the walls for the party tomorrow. I'm covered. Kevin was telling me, do you guys really think that's going to be dry by tomorrow? Yeah, it's already dry now. It's uh, it's like a primer paint right now. It's only the top half of the walls. I'm not doing like that bottom white trim stuff. That's all staying yeah, yeah. dry. So it's just the top. It's like cutting half like this room. We just did the top half. It tends to dry faster in winter anyway because it's not so humid. Yeah, and yeah. we put on like it's a, it was a brown. It's a blue onto a brown, white brown type of deal. Mm-hmm. So it didn't require more than yeah. you know a single coat and then rolling over mm-hmm. it a second time like lightly. So it wasn't that bad. So I have two segments for you guys uh, about the year in review, and then I have one about some mind blowing facts I'm going to do with you guys. But mind blowing facts. Mind blowing facts. Yeah, yeah, they're exciting. They're pretty good actually. Um, but there are a couple things we need to talk about. Why it's just the three of us. Number one. We are in the presence of the Uticast fantasy football champion, Justin Parkinson, right. who somehow, I some mean, way... What the heck? I have no idea. Somehow. I have, talk have, about this. I have no idea how. Shout out to Ken Smith for giving it a real go all the oh, way through. I crushed him. I was him. rooting for you. Crushed him at the I, end. I voted for you in the poll. <laughs> uh, Justin, how do you feel about being the champ? How's that work for you? First time I ever played. So 100% You're so success. Full of shit. It is. I swear to God. You it's the first se- I've never done fantasy football before. That was the first time I ever did it. Beginner's I find luck. it harder to do baseball. Um, I've never done basketball or anything like that. So mm-hmm. my only experience going into it was fantasy baseball with you. That's the only fantasy leagues I've ever competed. This is easier than that. Way easier. Was way easier. So than knowing that. that, fantasy football, like. That's easy money, I think. If there's cash mm-hmm. money on the, I could win some cash doing fantasy football. I, I mean, it is the last podcast of the decade. And I would say in the last 10 years of the internet, the two industries that have really like benefited from the internet were fantasy football and pornography. Like, yeah. really, the two industries that really just, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, like, think about what the internet did for those two, <laughs> those two platforms. Like, fantasy Especially football... Pornography. Well, fantasy football used to be a thing you would play via the mail with really nerdy friends like you'd have to send or, in yeah. your physical yep. stats yeah. and some yeah. box scores and you know, all my that father stuff. used to do things really? like that this Thank was like in 97 wow. so uh, so Justin you are the champ uh, yep. we will probably do this again next year I think it wasn't the most successful year uh, in terms of the way we did things I learned a couple lessons about how we will have to change some stuff next year it's a VAR type year so if you will put an asterisk on <laughs> yeah. Liverpool I'll put an asterisk on my fantasy I'm never putting so. an asterisk on anything then I will embrace the embrace your title I'm happy no I just think that we learned some stuff this year in terms of the formatting and how this is set up so next year yeah. we, we, we'll probably we do, do this again players. Players. Number one long. I'm going down to 12 <laughs> I'm players. so happy I was working so hard for that to say number it, one Oh, your quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks. Wide receiver. Everyone was dying. Was <laughs> yeah, eventually, I just said, I said, screw it. I'm done. We're, uh, we're going down to 12 teams next year. Uh, the, yeah. This was a mistake. Also, screw Ed's expert team for throwing the league into turmoil at the end of the year by just dropping all of his players. Yeah. Terrible. What a low-brow move. I should have figured that out beforehand. Stupid. Stupid on my part. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we get into the two things, I just have to re-up from last week. Justin, you were here last week, and we did our personal rankings of our top five Christmas movies. Yes. Uh, I put the poll of our top four movies uh, on the internet, and these are the results we got. So I put my my Christmas picks up there. Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, 
Muppet Christmas Carol, Elf, Christmas Vacation won 38%. Uh, I was, <laughs> Everybody likes that. I was surprised that Elf was the second place movie because for a long time Home Alone was like Home alone in second place and suddenly, I don't know if there was a late push for Elf. Well, I told you yesterday, I watched Home Alone on Christmas and on a rewatch or maybe being older, it's pretty silly. Some of the stuff. Like, I mean, but I'm just saying, it gets, by the time you know it gets to the end, it's so ridiculous that these guys are just like. As I get older. It, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around I think it. you're right, actually, because the parts of the movie I like now, when I watch Home Alone, are the parts before all the. The traps and yeah. pranks. Right. Like, I like when Pesci's in the house in the beginning and he's, like, dressed as a cop and he's, like, talking to all the kids and yeah. they're all being weird to him. I like, I, all those scenes are really funny. When it gets to, like, these straight up Macaulay Culkin screaming at the camera and, like, hitting people with paint cans, it, it, yeah. I, it's diminishing returns a little bit as the movie goes on. Yeah. I will say I watched Home Alone 2 directly after watching Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2 is, it's a rough watch. Yep. It's not very good. Uh, Justin, for your results, I also put your results. It was uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, Ernest Saves Christmas, Scrooge, and the oh, Ref. Ernest Saves Christmas. See, you're, the only, you're the only person. I didn't think of that last week. <laughs> you didn't, you're the I only person. Ernest, Ernest got stupid. how many votes, Sam? Zero. Uh, Zero. No votes, votes for Ernest Saves Christmas. Ernest Saves Christmas. I watched yeah. all the votes. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas dominated your list. Yes. 65% voted oh. for Charlie Brown Christmas. The Ref got one vote, which might have been for me. And then Scrooge <laughs> with 30%. So also, Scrooge is a good one. I feel like that should have been higher up there. I'll say the movie that we got the most traction with honestly was that Muppet Christmas Carol I don't know what happened this year I don't know if it's just because people have Disney Plus but that movie had a renaissance this year where tons of people independently of us were like hey this movie's pretty good Uh, also it it would make sense because I did just read earlier this year that uh, Disney Plus lured 1 million subscribers away from Netflix over the course of this I'm still watching Netflix I'm still watching them both it seems like a lot yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, all right, so guys, we are 17 minutes in. It's already a long show. Uh, so I have two segments for you guys, and this is our end of 2019 year wrap-up. And this is from the AV Club if you want to follow along. But these were the worst things on the Internet in 2019. Are you guys ready? Yes. Number 10, the Cats movie trailer and all the madness that surrounded the Cats movie. I uh, think it's a – I mean, the Cats movie sucks. Even the trailer wasn't anything I don't, I don't think appealing. you can find any... It's I creepy. haven't seen it, but yeah, I don't think you can find any person who just thought it was a good idea. The idea of Cats just being a movie is the worst of 2019. Yep. I heard an outrageous thing about the Cats movie, and it's on it's on whatever website. I'll, I'll link it, but... So, it's the first movie, I want to say, that this has ever happened in, where they patched it a week into the movie like it was a video game. You see this a lot in video games. Yeah, like, you buy a new video game, oh, really? and then, like, a week later, yeah. they'll send you an updated patch with stuff they fixed. Oh, it's less buggy now. We fixed some of the graphics, whatever it is. They did this for the the Cats movie. The original Cats version that came out was unfinished. It was missing a lot of animation. So a week later, they released another patch of it with the updated animation. I mean, why release it in the right. first place? Because you have to? I, they probably had to, they right? They had a release date that they had to go buy for money and things I, like that. I have to say, I am Everything. still legitimately curious. I, I kind of want to see it. I don't. I do. If I don't I'm, ever see it, I'll be fine. I'm really, like, morbidly curious about the whole thing. Uh, number nine, the rise of deepfakes. All these internet, like, where they take someone's face and put it on top of somebody else's I face. I totally did that. People like, have been photoshopping <laughs> for years. I totally did that. Uh, there's one that is on the internet that's really damning to look at. And I'll, I'll I, again, I'll try and link some of this stuff for you guys. I'll link the whole article because it's got it in there. It's Bill Hader doing an interview where he's talking about the movie Tropic Thunder, and he's talking about Tom Cruise and Seth Rogen. 
And as they're doing the interview, they change Hader's face into Tom Cruise's face and Seth Rogen's face every time he does an impression. And it's one of the most unsettling things I've ever seen in my life. I'll show it to you guys afterwards. It is... It's horrifying. <laughs> it does make you wonder what this will be like in 10 years. Though. Like, what can you do with this? Only bad things, it feels like. With right? Like, with the ability to make anyone's face or anyone's picture say whatever you want. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of It's kind of scary. Scary to me. There's got to be movies for that already. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there is. Uh, number eight was just the prosperity gospel, which is just this rise of sort of really expensive religious-based culture. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Nike released a holy Nike sneaker oh, yeah. that was worth like $1,500 that had holy water in it. Uh, Kanye West charging really exorbitant prices for his $225 sweatshirts that have like Jesus stuff on it. Feels weird. It feels doesn't feel weird. It feels like we should have got there earlier, but it feels like this is the year that we're really leaning into prosperity gospel stuff. I don't have really a follow-up on that. Uh, number seven. I just think people are dumber. This is what we're heading into 2020. This is like oh just God. where yeah. it's just an old man thing. I really don't think it is. I think it's just people are idiots. Oh yeah, they're no. just using money for whatever they can and they're suckers. They can. You're suckers. If you're buying anything off Kanye West, you're a f- freaking idiot. You just included. <laughs> uh, number six. Uh, number five. Uh, sorry, sorry. Seven was. The photo of the egg that became the most well-liked photo on Instagram. Did you guys see that? It was just another, a plain... That's another embarrassing moment for our country. Just a plain <laughs> picture of an egg suddenly became the largest Instagram-like of all time. The most well-liked photo on Instagram history. Uh, so there you go. Just This is the world we live in now, guys. It is. Uh, number six, the rise of serial killer stands. Uh, earlier this year, there was like a really big push for... like. Uh, Ted Bundy and Marilyn Man, uh, Ted Bundy and Charles Manson stuff because of all the movies that have come out, and in the internet there was a lot of people arguing about like whether or not they're obsessed with serial killers. It's people, like, that's people always, that's constant. That's been going on forever though. People yeah. write and marry serial killers all the time. The internet just gives you a pathway. People are like uh, Bundy's has a woman who's been obsessed with him for like a bunch of years and might have married him and had a kid with him and stuff like that. Like <laughs> the culture of like being obsessed with serial killers is pretty. I know, I'm, I have a whole serial killer podcast. Like, yeah. Yeah. that's I mean, all I listen yeah. to. There's a lot of people are always fascinated yeah. with it. It might just be because of, like, again, the streaming service yeah. really changes, like, the, the Disney thing. The, the idea that like, you could just watch these things so content has to be made brings mm-hmm. it back to the top, but people have loved serial killers. As soon as those movies came back, I went back out reading more about it again. Yeah. Well, weirdo. that's the thing. <laughs> when, when the Ted Bundy movie came out, people were getting such a positive reaction because Zach Efron is playing Ted mm-hmm. Bundy, and everyone's like, I would like to sleep with Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Netflix basically put out a tweet that was like, hey, remember, folks, there's a lot of men who are interesting who will not kill you. So remember <laughs> that, like, to, you're thinking about these things. This sort of leads to number five, which is just the general discourse. This seems like, uh, you know, and what they're talking about in this case is the Joker movie that came out, where the discourse around whether this movie is appropriate or right to watch or what it means became louder than whether the movie is good or not. And I think we're started getting there with a lot of movies. I talked a lot about Star Wars in the first section with Kevin the discussion about whether that movie is good or bad has overtaken whether people liked it or not. Like, it's become an argument on one side or the other. Like, no, this movie's great. No, this movie sucks. And it's very much just about arguing, right? That seems, again, this is where we're going. No, our country's bored. We're really bored. bored. We're really (laughs) bored. All those lefties. All those lefties. I'm never bored. Nothing but complaints. Oh, jeez. Number four. Gender reveal accidents. This is something you see a lot of. Uh, people doing these elaborate gender reveals for babies. Uh, and I I'm see... going home. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like... I remember when I was a kid, Like you saw the rise of like these elaborate 
asking people to the prom type mm-hmm. things. This is like the next extension of that, it feels like. Yes, because well, there's a progression in your life. You're outgrown <laughs> yeah. your prom and moved into childbirth, right? <laughs> I saw a couple where it was like guys like shooting barrels that would explode into colors of blue or pink, depending on Like, it's just like, what are we doing here? Who's this for? <laughs> is it for you yeah, guys? This is for you guys. I think it's... Uh, number two. And they already know ahead of time. Right yes. Yeah. So that's... Right so when that gun's being fired, that guy's no, just picking no, up no, a random can, gun? No, no, no. I think no. They, like, contact whoever company or whoever's making it, and then... The Remington? Parent... <laughs> uh, number three, Amazon Twitter drones. This was the really rise of Amazon Twitter drones, uh, and people mad at Amazon for working conditions. This seems to be the year that people have decided that Amazon is a bad company. Yep. I know that we've all decided that earlier, but it seems like this is the year people have kind of doubled down on Amazon being not great. It's just the taxes for me. I think they, they make so much damn cash. It's the same with a lot of these. You could basically buy a country if you're Amazon right now. You should be contributing a little bit more to the tax base if you're asking me. Uh, number two, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. The trailer for the Sonic the Hedgehog it movie. came out? The movie came out? Well, the trailer came out, and the backlash to the design of Sonic was so bad that the studios spent excess of, like, $2 million. There's a common theme here with these movie nerds just complaining about yeah, everything. Is that, like, do. seven seven things yeah. on this list has to do with people, like, not liking movies? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's... Well, I think what's interesting about the Sonic thing is, unlike a lot of other stuff, right? Like, not only did they... They didn't wait for another Sonic movie to fix the problem. They went back before the yeah. movie came out expecting the backlash they got on the internet to continue. Will it make this movie more successful? I have no idea. But, like, it's weird that they would invest in fixing something before people actually saw the full thing, right? And maybe that's what we're going to get to now as well. People should just make real movies again. Like the Irish. That would be still, nice. No, and even get that, that CGI stuff out. Start making real movies without having to use all of this animation and CGI stuff. You won't have people complaining. Uh, and the number one was celebrities weaponizing their followers on social media. You see this a lot where like celebrities get attacked on something, so they'll just retweet that tweet and then let their followers go after them. This is a very big year for that. <laughs> these are all big. These are big every year. It feels like the last decade. So. There you are. It seems just like a bunch of Twitter complaining problems. That's what the that, list is. That just what, the is people complaining on Twitter list? Talk, call the AD Club. I don't know. I, don't yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't write the list. Um, all right. So. People met on Twitter. That's what the top ten. It doesn't even have to have ten individual items. Just find something. Someone was mad about it probably in 2019. Yes, that is the story of 2019. Uh, before we close out, uh, I f- I've been holding on to this list for a few weeks. I really like it, and I kept trying to find a place to fit it in. This is from uh, Lifehacker. And what they did is uh, Reddit, I don't know if you guys ever go on Reddit, but Reddit has a bad habit of like putting out wild theories and rumors, and you never know if they're true or not. So uh, what they did is Lifehacker went and fact-checked some of the wilder facts on Reddit to see if they were true or not. Uh, you can go to the website and follow the sources, but everything that they're claiming on here, according to this website, has been checked and is true. Are you ready <laughs> yeah. for some mind-blowing facts? Did you know that when you get a kidney transplant, they don't remove your original kidney. They just put a third kidney in your pelvis. I'm not surprised by that. You do the same thing no. with the boiler. No, like it's true. Really? Yeah, you don't. They don't remove. Pack you full with more. Like... Yeah, just stuff more <laughs> organs. In Go yet. look at an old house with like the heating system. <laughs> so there's I'm like not, three. I'm not a house. Well, I mean, there's like three furnaces in there. If they couldn't get it out of the basement, you just put the uh, the new furnace next to the old broken one, <laughs> and you just move on me. with your life. <laughs> I can tell you guys like this one already. Keeps uh, the, <laughs> it keeps the house warm, so it doesn't matter how many broken uh, furnaces are down there as long as one works. Uh, this is also confirmed. There are roughly 200 corpses still on Mount Everest 
checklist oh, that yeah. climbers use as waypoints. Yep. I've seen just, pictures. That's horrifying. Yeah, people like walk by them. You'll walk by people frozen, just dead there, because they can't get them, their bodies out of there. Jeez. You walk right over them. If you made $5,000 a day since Columbus first stepped in America, you still would not have $1 billion today. It would take another 20 years Whatever. for you to... just what? Like, if you made... No, no, just <laughs> making five because of what? If you like made $5,000 a day, untaxed. every day, untaxed, just straight $5,000 a day, every you day, be a billionaire. you would not be a billionaire until uh. 2024, 2020, sorry, 2040, so another 20 years. Uh. Uh, every two minutes, we take as many photos as all of humanity took before the 1800s. Every that's, I'm, yeah, but that's I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm pretty sure I did <laughs> on my own. Uh, in fact, more photos have been taken in the past seven years than in all of previous history combined. Yeah. What do you think about this? Was one of my takes today because I went to a concert and a wedding. What about no cell phone events? Can we make that's that a around. 2020 thing? No, no, that's you just cannot. That's, literally, if you go to a concert or a wedding, you just that's already a thing. You have I to like mean, go in the bathroom. That is already a thing. Yeah. I, uh, I think what the guy Aziz Ansari, right? When he you well, go I mean, see it, Aziz Ansari comedians, show. Comedians, that's more for like people tweeting the jokes because I got to do all the bits in different towns. And also fact checking jokes. I was like something Joe Rogan said. Yeah. like I'm telling well, you something I mean, to make Aziz you laugh. Has to go to Indiana the next town and do that same joke, so he can't have it out on the internet. You know what I mean? His whole his whole routine is probably the same town to town. But I mean, just going as a person, if you go somewhere, can you just not be allowed to use your phone in this like at that wedding mm-hmm. right like maybe have a time for pictures and if you have to go like use your phone go in the bathroom or mm-hmm. like other part of the cultural center mm-hmm. and do it but yeah. the fact that like we're enjoying this company and people were on their phones more was like driving me crazy i actually asked my husband not to have his phone at the dinner table anymore i know it sounds mm-hmm. corny but i like i feel like you don't care that not that he, he does care but the fact is you don't need to be on your phone we're all sitting here what exactly. are you gonna miss in that 20 minutes that you can't yeah. you can't wow like yeah later. So I have a ton of these. I'm going to save them, uh, some more of them for next week. I'll give you a couple more before we close out there because I got a lot of them. Uh, did you know that people in the Southern Hemisphere see the moon upside down compared to those in the Northern Hemisphere? It's not super obvious. You have to look at like certain illustrations of it, but that's the reality. Okay. You wouldn't know from a full moon. <laughs> sure, like, <laughs> <laughs> I have no way to prove that. The North Pole or the South Pole, they just flip, uh, basically. Is that the idea? That one we will take your word for. <laughs> so this one's about YouTube. I think this is mind-blowing to me. Every day, there are 82 years worth of video being published on YouTube. Every day. 82 years worth of video. How much of it's good? (laughs) Uh, And this this is actually updated. It says, as the number... This has been updated as the number is actually way bigger when they posted that fact. So the number is actually larger than that. Wow. How much is... That seems so... I mean, like, even if... Right now, like, millions of people are downloading a video. Yeah, so far today, like, 80 years of video Video. have been gotten. Years. Not hours. Or, like, 24 hours in a day Uh, type of thing. There's eight years... Oh, my God. You could fit... All of the planets in our solar system between the Earth and the Moon with room to spare. Really? You could fit all the planets in the solar system between the Earth and the Moon with room to spare. As if you were to stack them next to each other. I see. And we'll close up with the last one here. I didn't know this one either. Uh, There are no muscles in your fingers besides the tiny, tiny muscles around your hair follicles. All the muscles that control your fingers are in your forearm or your palm. You actually have no real muscle. So this is all fat right here? Yeah. It's all cartilage. Yeah, tendon. Yeah, Ligaments and stuff like that. All right. 
right. So there's some mind-blowing facts. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like the mind-blowing facts. Mind-blowing. I'm alarmed about the video and the photo thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing it all. It makes sense. <laughs> Who's going to see it? Um, so uh, it is the last part of the decade. Um, I asked Heather before you got here, anything you're doing nice before the end of the decade? Any, like, uh, resolutions? You probably don't do that kind of shit. I can't imagine. We're so boring. <laughs> no, I've, uh, I'm reverting. I've been on a big kicker to revert away from, uh, it sounds, like, really trendy, but it's, it's not meant to be. All this just crap. I don't want, I don't even bring my phone places anymore. I, like, hardly, I can, I might retweet some things here and there, but I, I'm not even active on any of this stuff. I gotta, like, find more time to be, like, interested in, like, today, painting. Even through Christmas. I don't even know if I was on my laptop, maybe to check fantasy and maybe some email here and there, mm-hmm. and maybe late at night to like read something. But I've gotten in this thing where I was like, I don't even want to just kind of, I want to disconnect because yeah. I, I don't care what a lot of people think that I've never met before. No, I'm Find myself no. like just little lists and things like that to even have like debates. But like, just seems like such a big waste of time, you know? That's why I got into it. Like, I ski and I do all that because I can just get away and live just a little. Just start going outside more and, and doing, doing some things. things, right? The Handshake City, to come down to Handshake and don't take pictures while you're there. Just come attend the park and like, don't even Instagram no while you're there. I want to remove all that. They're just... uh, speaking of which, I read, uh, before we close out today, I just want to say uh, we're promoting a uh, party on tomorrow on the 31st for our friend May at May's Studios. Yes. So if you're looking for a... Uh, Julia, John's girlfriend, is going to She be ran playing. into me, actually. Yes, yesterday. she will be playing some sweet tunes. So if you're looking for something to do tomorrow night on New Year's Eve, uh, you're not invited to our Maiden Utica New Year's Eve party. But no if you want is. something else to do... Sam's been uninvited. I've been uninvited <laughs> as well. Uh, go to uh, eventbrite.com. It's Roaring 2020's New Year's Eve. Uh, it's on Facebook. You can go to May, uh, Maiden Utica's Facebook yeah. page and check She's it out. She's down at Handshake all the time. She's mm-hmm. good with the She's super nice. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Last part of the decade. We are closing it out. Uh, Kev- I'm getting a landline in 2020. Stop it. I like it. I'm bringing it back. That's my thing. I finished off it right now. I was like, bring the landline back. You heard it here first. I'm staying off the cheeseburgers for the rest of the year. I start, I'm going to be three weeks Good out, but I'm, I'm keep going. Good for you. Uh, all right. Uh, follow, you can follow uh, Parkinson at Made in Utica, uh, or you can follow him on Facebook at Made in Utica. You can follow Heather at HeatherWaz1. Follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF Doom. Support Jay Schnitt and the, and the Cluders, and their new album just came out after listening to that track earlier. Uh, sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, speaking of which, how is Woodstock? Is she holding up? Uh, yeah, you know, 14 and a half. What can you do? She still lives. She still lives. She's still another week. She's still here. Um, that's it. Sign our humanoids. The, the tape machines are rolling. Uh, we are desperately out of time. We will see you next year? 2020? Yeah. My yeah. goodness. Have a great year, folks. Enjoy your New Year's Eve. We will see you next week for episode 237. <laughs>